That's right. We're doing a rookie mock draft. Your boy's doing a rookie mock draft and really a top 15 overall ranking. It's a live premiere inside a live stream because I'm live right now. After I play this 20-minute video of me breaking down the top 15 overall rookies, after playing this video, your boy Smitty, who's live right now, Taya first in the building, Travis second in the building, appreciate you hit that thumbs up on your way in the door. Here comes this video that you've been waiting for. My personal rookie mock draft, my personal top 15 rookies. Once it's done, I'm coming back and I'll be live here answering your phone calls, taking your questions and doing it live style. The Fantasy Football Show begins right now. Live from the FantasyFootballShow.com studios, it's the Fantasy Football Show live Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. It's mock draft time. It's top 12, top 15 rookie running back ranking time. I'm going to break this down from a dynasty perspective for sure. But I'm also going to talk about these rookies from a redraft perspective. So if you're watching this video and you don't play dynasty, or if you do and you just want also an angle of redraft perspective, I've got you covered. We're breaking down my top 12 rookies and more. We'll, We'll dip into the who missed the cut range and territory. We're doing all of that and more of the fantasy football show. It begins right now. This is the Fantasy Football Show with your host, Smitty. Take a lap. Not only is Bijan the number one rookie and definitely number one rookie running back, he's my number one running back in dynasty fantasy football, period. Rookies, veterans, it doesn't matter. He's number one. Maybe if my dynasty startup is a three mandatory wide receiver league and a two running back i might consider jj or jamar chase you get longevity wide receivers have a longer shelf life it makes sense i mean you can argue wide receiver jj or chase over Bijan running back but you can easily argue Bijan robinson number one overall in dynasty startups and in redraft this guy's like my number four or five overall schmitty you take him over cmc in a redraft if i had two leagues side by side redraft number four overall pick or let's call it number three i've got the number three overall pick in side by side redraft leagues jamar chase and jj go one and two in both of those leagues i'm on the clock in both of those leagues i'm looking at it i might take CMC in one league. This is redraft, mind you, and Bijan in the other league. I would divide it up in redraft. In Dynasty, it's Bijan. But that might be bold to some people when they say, oh, why, why would you take Bijan number four? I'm trying my very best to get Bijan at six, seven, eight, nine, ten. But I'm not scared. I'm not like Peter over here. Petrified Peter. He's scared to take Bijan at number four or five. Why? I don't know. Because he's a monster. He's an ex-LT. He's an ex-Barkley. He's Barkley meets LaDainian Tomlinson. This guy is going to be an absolute monster. And his landing spot in Atlanta is fantastic. Atlanta runs the ball well. Very proven to run the ball well. The offense is loaded from top to bottom with weaponry. Maybe Ritter isn't what we want, but he's in an amazing system that is going to run the ball like crazy and run it effectively. Bijan Robinson could lead the NFL in rushing as a rookie. Bijan Robinson could have 12 to 15 touchdowns total as a rookie. Bijan Robinson could pull in 45 plus passes as a rookie. Bijan Robinson's an absolute monster. Where's your mashed potatoes? 
But we're talking rookie running back rankings right here, so I'll back it down a little bit and just say that this is, like, what are we talking about? There's nothing to argue here. He's number one overall. Doesn't matter the format. Doesn't matter if it's Superflex. And I'll touch on Superflex as we go to try and give you an idea of where I might change my my tune in a Superflex. But overall, we're going to rank these guys in a one QB setting. My number two, this is where it gets really interesting, right, is Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs is my clear-cut number two overall rookie, my clear-cut number two overall rookie running back. For a lot of different reasons, we love this skill set walking into the NFL draft. Clear as day, number two overall running back. We love Charbonnet near as much to, to rank him number two. You know that. You know why we no longer can put Charbonnet number two. We'll get into Charbonnet in a minute and maybe why Charbonnet has some hidden value. But Gibbs is the clear number two running back. In fact, there's a tier break here. A clear as day tier break between these two running backs and the remainder of the running backs. These guys can be top five to 10 running backs. Well, Bijan's top one to five, not top five, top one to five. Put some respect on Bijan's name. Hi, my name is Bijan Robinson. I like long walks on the beach and well, I also like scoring. Gibbs is top 5 to 10. Little bit of overlap there. 1 to 5, 5 to 10. No disrespect to Gibbs. No, hey, he can't ever be near what Bijan can be. That's why the 1 to 5, 5 to 10 overlap. But this guy does live in the 5 to 10 range. People are worried about his 199-pound frame. I'm not. I think he gains a good 5, 6 pounds in the NFL. I think he gains a good 4 to 6 pounds of NFL weight with NFL trainers and NFL facilities and NFL food. Living at the workout facility, he is a full-time professional athlete. He will put on weight. He will get better at every facet of his game. And for people that say, oh, Smitty, you know, they drafted him into a crowded situation. Detroit doesn't know what they're doing. This team spent a top 12 overall pick on him. And they talked about little birdies have whispered in my ear. They would have taken him six. They almost took him at number six overall. Why? That's crazy. doesn't matter if it's crazy. The point I'm trying to emphasize is that they believe in him so much, they almost spent a top six overall pick on him. Call him crazy all you want, but the conviction's there. That's what we're debating right now. Don't get confused and go down a different rabbit hole and start arguing whether Gibbs should have been top six. Or, that is completely irrelevant. A sidebar, the conviction is there. Taking a player at 6 to 12, and they committed to 12, and they were happy about it. They couldn't believe he fell to 12. Does that sound like a team that isn't going to use the said player at a full-time capacity? Even though they brought in Montgomery and they pay him pretty well, are they going to give Gibbs what they gave Swift? No. So will Monty do what Jamal did? No, because the the workload divide is going to be much more in favor of giving Gibbs a big chunk of work. Even if Monty gets 10 carries a game, the Lions will run the ball enough to consider that being no harm to Gibbs's value. Can Monty run for 10, 11 touchdowns on the ground? Yeah. That's totally baked into what's going on here in Detroit. That leaves a handful of rushing touchdowns to be handed to Gibbs. That could give Gibbs four or five touchdowns on the ground inside the 10-yard line. Just saying, hey, let's only give 10 or 11 to Monty. We'll give four or five to Gibbs. He's going to score a couple breakaway touchdowns. Jameer Gibbs could score seven to 10 touchdowns without even affecting Monty's goal line work, if Monty's even given the goal line work. And he probably will be given the goal line work, but will he even stay healthy? Look how bad this situation looked on draft. 
draft day to a lot of people. Swift is there. Monty's there. They traded Swift away. The situation improved in a snap. Monty's no guarantee to stay healthy. Gibbs would go to the moon if Monty got hurt. Even with a healthy Monty, Gibbs could still live on the moon because he doesn't need all those carries we need somebody to take on 10 11 carries a game gibbs can't run for 14 1500 yards he's an alvin Kamara hybrid you want gibbs running for maybe a thousand yards max a thousand even and he pulls in 650 700 through the air you want this guy getting 800 and 900 some years you're going to want it completely divided half receiving yards half rushing yards he's that kind of player 10 plus touchdown player eventually 65 plus reception player never going to be your league leader on the ground 1400 1500 rushing yards you don't want that from him he'll break he is 199 pounds 199 pounds doesn't scare me from being alvin Kamara, but he can't be derrick henry but it doesn't matter we know that the lions understand that that's why the lions do have david montgomery but make no mistake about it david montgomery does not eliminate gibbs from being an absolute fantasy football monster. David Montgomery scares me zero in terms of long-term value. David Montgomery scares me very little in terms of now 2023 value in vulturing. Gibbs will get his, the Lions run a ton. And don't think for a second Gibbs is going to get a limited timeshare role like Swift had. Does this war room look like the kind of war room that's not excited about using Jameer Gibbs? Look at the GM right there. That's the GM right there. That's the GM right there. They are so pumped that they landed this kid. Does that look like a war room? The Lions war room. The moment they drafted Gibbs, does that look like a war room that is not going to use the man they just spent a number 12 overall draft pick on? Draft capital is everything. And again, they almost used the number six overall pick on him. That's the reaction of, oh my God, he fell. Gibbs to the moon. Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs both could be top 10 running backs as rookies. Bijan could be number one overall. All. This is where it gets really interesting. We've got the top two guys clear as day. Look at that tear break. That tear break does feel like it's legitimate because now we got JSN. We don't really know what to make of JSN. As depressed as we are about Charbonnet not being a starter in the NFL right now, he is a home run hitter and we're going to get to him in a minute. Quentin Johnston, not yet. If this was a super flex, we might start considering these two gentlemen right here the top two quarterbacks from a fantasy football perspective, Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson. So if you're in a super flex, I, I definitely could understand this and this. It would make a lot of sense, but we are going to rank this from a 1QB perspective. So we're going to put these guys right here. I'm not going to lie. Go back and forth on these two gentlemen right here, Zay Flowers and JSN, from a 2023 perspective and a future perspective because I feel like Zay landed in the best spot. I really do because he's the number one wide receiver for his team almost immediately. Maybe it takes him some time to climb up. Who knows? But he is in a spot where the roadblocks are very, very minimal for him to become the number one wide receiver. Now, JSN doesn't land in a location where they're just the best passing offense in the NFL. You could say the difference between JSN's landing spot and Addison's landing spot is that Cousins throws enough that that number two wide receiver is going to be relevant. They can't ever be an elite wide receiver one in fantasy, but if JSN was locked into the number two role in Seattle in a lesser passing attack, maybe, maybe Addison's got a better spot, right? The difference is... Addison cannot overtake JJ. He'll never 
overtake J.J. ever. He can never be the number one wide receiver for his team unless J.J. got hurt. JSN could overtake DK. I'm not saying it'll be an easy task. I'm not saying it's 100% locked to happen, but this kid could become the number one wide receiver on his team and DK could fall into that number two role, get you 1,100 yards and like five to seven touchdowns every year, be pretty decent, but never be a wide receiver one again. JSN could take away DK's ability to ever be a wide receiver one in fantasy again. You can't say that about Addison. That's why JSN, even in a lesser passing attack, ranks higher than Addison in a better passing attack. Not to mention, we don't know where the Vikings are going to be two years from now. I like Zay Flowers. I go back and forth on this one, back and forth on telling you. One moment I love Flowers, the next moment I love JSN. I'm going to put Zay Flowers at the number three spot because I had him as my number one ranked wide receiver coming out of January just based on skill alone. And for that reason, it makes me feel like, okay, he got the best landing spot in terms of getting all the volume. Do I feel like it would have been better long-term for Zay to go to the Chargers? Yeah. Are there better situations for Zay to really get the most out of his ability? Yeah. But there weren't a lot of amazing landing spots. Just because Zay went to a location where he's the number one wide receiver, something we cannot say about JSN, something we cannot say about Addison, something we can't even say about Quentin Johnson. Johnston right now, maybe later, but right now, no. None of these wide receivers in the top four, JSN, Quentin Johnston, Jordan Addison, not one of them, but Zay Flowers landed in a spot where he could be considered the number one wide receiver probably from day one. So for that reason alone, Zay does have potentially the best landing spot of the landing spots that were handed out to those top four wide receivers. That doesn't mean it's the best spot that could have happened, that could have unfolded, but He's given an opportunity to consume wide receiver one volume and target share. That's why that tier break is so very strong. It's a big divide between these two guys on the left and everybody else on this right side. I think JSN should go number four, and I can understand why people might say, hey, Smitty, why isn't he number three? He should be number three. He's the better route runner. He's an amazing talent. But as mentioned, he's got DK Metcalf sitting in front of him. Not the most impossible obstacle to unseat as the number one wide receiver. I've, I've made that abundantly clear. I think JSN could, not easily, but it's in the realm of possibility. Not shocked if it happens. This guy climbing into the number one spot, pushing DK into the permanent wide receiver two role never making him a wide receiver one ever again in fantasy he was already borderline 12 11 13 anyway some people didn't even have him in their top 12 dk is not an unmovable object in that offense jackson smith and jigba could easily nudge him aside i think if there was a better quarterback situation there because i'm not super high on gino for the long term i might have jsn over zay even though zay has a more clear initial path to the lineup or to the number one role again can't emphasize enough that if if this is super flex we probably would be putting these quarterbacks in the three and four spot at least these two uh anthony richardson and, and bryce young because i don't feel so strongly about this wide receiver class in general i think a lot of people have made that point all offseason long this is not the sophomore wide receiver class loaded with watson and london and garrett wilson and all those guys is a lot lesser and then they got bad landing spots aside from zay flowers zay flowers is the only one they got the pretty darn good landing spot. Nobody else did. It would be different if JSN had that quarterback with DK. DK's a problem. He's in the way, but there's a great quarterback. No. I mean, Gino is okay, and I don't feel like JSN's in the best situation he could have been in. Not even close, and it, and it sucks.
but it is what it is. We adjust and adapt. This is where I might be different than most analysts. I, most analysts are going to say, hey, we got to go with uh, the guy that's got the clear path to the lineup. I don't think like that. In a one QB format, the guy that has the most bang for the buck, the guy I'm willing to take a risk on is still a guy not in a good situation. I think you know who I'm talking about. This might be early for a lot of you. And I know that you're going to say, Smitty, if you like Charbonnet this high, you must not like Kenneth Walker anymore. Not true. My optimism for standalone value for Zach Charbonnet can be independent from my my still strong belief in Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker and Charbonnet are a handcuff made in heaven now. As much as we want to get upset about Charbonnet falling into a bad spot where he's not gifted the number one running back role, he can win leagues if he gets into lineups. He can be the Alexander Madison of years past, but on steroids, times two, times four. This guy walks you into a championship if he gets into the lineup and starts games like even five or six games. At the end of a year, he can walk you into a championship. But Smitty, if he's that good and you like him that much, you can't like Kenneth Walker. Yes, I can. And yes, I will. Doesn't matter. Just because Charbonnet's that good doesn't mean Walker isn't that good or even better. Stop trying to act like two things can't exist at the same time or conflict. Charbonnet standalone is a league winner. And I want him anywhere in this five to eight range where other people are drafting wide receivers that are supposed to be good and supposed to go ahead of these players like Charbonnet. I could care less about a Jordan Addison who's in a number two wide receiver role behind JJ when you can hand me a league winner. I'll go get a a Hyatt or a Mingo, who I'm going to talk about in a minute, Jonathan Mingo, or a Tank Dell later on in the draft instead of going Addison here, and I'll take my chances with Charbonnet. Charbonnet's so good, he is a must-cuff for Kenneth Walker owners. If you draft Kenny Walker from this moment moving forward, you need to draft Zach Charbonnet. There's no question about it. There's no discussion. You have to do it. Know his ADP. In a startup draft, Charbonnet looks like he's going around 9, 10, 11. You just got to make that call when you're on the clock, when you should strike. How how quickly is he floating up the ADP rank? Can you get away with pushing it to round 11 or do you got to strike at the top of 10? You're going to have to make that decision for yourself. Based on your draft format, based on where you're drafting, ESPN could be completely different than another platform. That's a redraft conversation right there. I'm mixing that in too. From a rookie-only perspective, again, I'd rather take Charbonnet than take Addison. You can get mad at me all you want if you're an Addison believer and you already got your invested draft capital and you're going to say, he's going to be good in Minnesota, Smitty. Just because the best wide receiver in the league is there doesn't mean he can't become something special. I don't know from this dynasty conversation perspective because we are back in rookie-only mode. I don't know what's going to happen with Kirk Cousins in the next couple of years. I don't know what's going to happen with that offense. Jordan Addison's a smaller guy, which isn't a problem because I love Zay Flowers, but there's a lot of obstacles for him. Zay Flowers, being a smaller guy, if he was in a bad spot, it would become a problem. You got a lot of obstacles you got to overcome. Zay Flowers landed in a spot where he can be the number one wide receiver. He landed in an offense where they already had a smaller Hollywood Brown thrive. We already know that a smaller wide receiver in that offense could work. Even though it's going to be a different offense, it's still an offense that has Lamar Jackson throwing the football to the wide receiver. So a lot of obstacles have been avoided already. Something we can't 100% say about Jordan Addison. Some say Jordan Addison could never be a number one wide receiver anyway on any team. How is he going to do that 
in Minnesota. All I see when I see Jordan Addison in Minnesota is at most a a low-end wide receiver two or a glorified high wide receiver three in fantasy. I don't see anything bigger than that. Is he going to be better than Osborne would have been? Yeah. Is he going to be better than Thielen would have been if Thielen walked into that Minnesota offense one more year? Probably. But how much better than those guys? Not a ton better. And Osborne's still there. Hawkinson is still there. You can't just say, oh, the Minnesota Vikings throw X number of passes. Well, they've got other weapons. It's not just JJ and this wide receiver, Addison. It's going to be Hawkinson, Osborne, and a whole bunch more. In a compartmentalized rookie-only draft, I'm drafting one guy. I'm taking Charbonnet setting. He wins me a league if he gets in there I take him if I've got Kenneth Walker I especially take him if I don't have Kenneth Walker I'm still taking him and I'm stealing him away from every panic Kenneth Walker owner out there and maybe me getting Charbonnet at number five overall sends a message to the Kenneth Walker owner and now Kenneth Walker will be tradable now I can go acquire Kenneth Walker because I can hold this over that owner's head and say you know what one of us should own the two of them and I'm not relinquishing Zach Charbonnet so In some contexts, I'm going to go after Kenneth Walker after I acquire Zach Charbonnet. Too bold, too high, too bad. This next one's going to piss off a lot of people. My number six overall rookie is a wide receiver that a lot of us didn't really think we'd be ranking as high as we were ranking him, but he needed situation, and boy, did he get it. This is the next potential If we're lucky, it's not a lock, it's not a guarantee, it's the upside's there for it. Maybe the next potential A.J. Brown, and his name is Jonathan Mingo, Carolina Panther wide receiver. And I know a lot of people are going to say, wait a minute, Smitty, are you seriously ranking Jonathan Mingo ahead of Jordan Addison? Are you out of your mind, Smitty? I am. I did. Jonathan Mingo is a very talented wide receiver, 6'2", 220 pounds, out of Mississippi, plays very much like an A.J. Brown meets Debo Samuel, could be used on the ground, is walking into a clearly wide-open wide receiver room that, yeah, maybe has an old Adam Thielen in there to command it at the onset. But Mingo is walking into an opportunity where he could be the number one wide receiver by midseason, if not sooner, and he gets to build rapport with this brand new quarterback, this man right here in Bryce Young, a future, I think, top six NFL quarterback, a future top six to seven NFL quarterback, a future top six to seven fantasy football quarterback. And Bryce Young developing early on with Jonathan Mingo makes me really excited. There's a lot to get excited about. Now, I want to make sure everybody understands a couple things. Where I rank these guys means something. It means this is what I believe will end up happening. To the best of my ability, I'm trying to, ahead of the curve, rank where these guys are going to kind of be at the end of the year or what kind of value they're going to earn back for you across their ADP. Do I suggest you take Jonathan Mingo any higher than you have to? No. There's an advantage of getting Charbonnet later, and I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to pull that off. There's an advantage of getting Jonathan Mingo later, and I'm very confident you're going to pull that one off. I don't think you got to take him at number six, but I'm going to rank him number six anyway, because that's how we roll. This version of A.J. Brown in the making, Jonathan Mingo, is going to climb ranking boards very quickly. Right now, it's bold that he's at number six. Later on, I don't know if it will be. So do what you want with that information. That's my number six overall wide receiver this guy had 247 yards and two touchdowns in a single game last year i really love 
his upside and hidden value. Jonathan Mingo to the moon. M-I-N-G-O. And Mingo was his name all. Either get on board or get off. We're probably going to put Jordan Addison at number seven. But again, I have my reservations about how high he can climb. Can he become an elite prospect? I don't know. I don't think so. Not in that situation. But can he become a lesser version of T. Higgins? I suppose so. But I don't think that Kirk Cousins will be relevant long enough to make this a dynasty gem. We don't know who's going to be quarterbacking in Minnesota three years from now. Maybe Kirk Cousins does return for another year. Maybe they extend him. Maybe Kirk Cousins is relevant for another two or three years. We don't really know. But this guy wasn't handed a situation that's going to make him a T. Higgins. He doesn't have Joseph Cigar smoking Burrow throwing to him, which is one of those situations where people are ranking T. Higgins as their number one wide receiver, which I'm uncomfortable with, honestly. But people are doing it because Joe Burrow is their throw throwing the football to T. Higgins. To me, Addison doesn't have that luxury. Therefore, how can he rank any higher than number seven overall? And quite honestly, I find myself wondering if seven's too high. And I could see myself liking these other guys I'm about to rank next higher than Addison given the cost of entry. So hear what I'm saying. I understand Addison's got to rank around this territory at some point. But am I more willing to trade down to get one of these other players I'm about to talk about like high? or a player like Tank Dell in the second round, or maybe Quentin Johnson climbs up, who's probably, I would say, next. Johnston might have a little more appeal than, let's say, a, a Jordan Addison. In time, he could. In time, he could, because right now, Mike Williams is there. Right now, Keenan Allen is in front of him. I don't think Johnston has a clearer path to 2023 targets than Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison probably has a clearer path to that number two Viking wide receiver role than Quentin Johnson does a wide receiver role other than the number three wide receiver role, which could be rewarding. But right now, Addison has more of a lock on targets, I think, than Quentin Johnston. In time, that can change if if Johnson gets better at certain aspects of his game. I could see him climbing above Addison in my rankings, but these are two guys that almost by default we squeeze in. I don't feel great about ranking them here. I'll be honest with you. The draft capital of these next handful of guys just seems a whole lot better. I'm going to go ahead and put Bryce Young right here. Even in a 1QB league, he deserves to be in this territory. In a a 2QB league, again, he would probably go number three overall on my rankings in a super flex format. But in a 1QB format, I think I start ranking Young around the 9-10 range. I think I start looking at Dalton Kincaid around this 10 territory. I think Joshua Downs over in Indy is a fantastic player to start talking about in this 10-11 territory. I'm going to start mashing a lot of people together here because we are getting to a very, very tough spot where it's hard to really rank these guys at this point. Jalen Hyatt's a fantastic 10-11-12 overall player in New York. That's a great landing spot for him, so I'm going to put him right around this territory. I might move him around at the end, but I'm just trying to give you a sense of how even it is at this point in in the draft. We got a guy in Chase Brown that might become a starter in Cincinnati in no time. We got another quick young running back in A-Chain that's going to the Miami Dolphins. Maybe he's the starter before midseason or maybe in week one. I tend to think they're going to roll with Wilson or Mostert to start the year, but will either of those guys be healthy by midseason? A-Chain is a sleeping giant. We'll put him at this like 12 territory. Chase around this 12 territory. These are like your number 12, 13, 14 overall monsters right here. 
here. Tank Dell is going to go in round two. No one's going to take Tank Dell in round one, but I want people to know about him. I want people to understand that he has every ability to become the number eight, number seven, number nine overall rookie in this draft class, if not higher, and he needs to be talked about. He needs respect. And this guy, he might be smaller, but in Houston, he could he could carve out a role and catch footballs from this guy right here, Stroud. Levis and Stroud, I'm going to leave off on my top 10, top 12 rankings. They're going to sit over here. Tank Dell, again, is exciting, but in the second round. Anthony Richardson needs to be talked about in that 10, 11, 12 range. Hen Hooker is more of a second round guy, but a, a nice little sleeper that you put, I think, before Levis, honestly. Or right with Levis. Mayer landed in a horrible spot. I love Mayer. Mayer is still in the conversation of like, let's say 12 or 13. We'll put him right here. But his spot is bad. He's got Jimmy Garoppolo as his quarterback. And I don't I don't feel like that offense or that team is going to turn things around anytime soon. Horrible landing spot for Mayer. Very disappointed where he landed. Dalton Kincaid in Buffalo is a fantastic landing spot. Those are my top nine right there. If I had to organize this 10, 11, 12 territory, which I wanted to, to give you a sense that all these guys have the ability to rank 10, 11, 12. Because if I just would have put a guy at 10, a guy at 11, a guy at 12 without arguing all of this, you're going to just say, well, what about so-and-so, Smitty? I can't believe you left off my favorite player, Smitty. All these guys are capable of being 10, 11, 12. If I had to narrow it down to a, a number of guys, I would probably say A-Chain Chase Brown, if I'm thinking RB, are in this 11 and, and 12 range with Kincaid sitting at 10. If I'm thinking more quarterback driven, of course, Anthony Richardson at 10, 11 would be fantastic. If I'm thinking wide receiver, Hyatt would be phenomenal right here downs would be great maybe more in this 11 12 range with Hyatt being you know 10 11 and and Kincaid still being 10 11 I think Chase and A-Chain are probably more around 12 13 14 those could be home runs from that territory your 2.1 smash hey Smitty who do I take a 2.1 I don't really know Bob but you know what? We just did a mock draft, and it looks like Joshua Downs and A-Chain and, and potentially uh, Chase Brown, they all fall to 11, 12, 13, 14 overall, and they're all smashes. Hyatt, smash it, 11, 12, 13, 14 overall. Kincaid probably won't fall on the regular, so I would put him almost cemented into that 10. This is my 2023 rookie ranking video, my mock draft, if you will, my top 12, my top 15, my top 18, really. I hit it from a super flex perspective, a dynasty perspective, a redraft perspective, and I think it gave you a sense of how I view this rookie class. Hi, my name is B. John Robinson. I like long walks on the beach. And, well, I also like scoring We're back live. Nobody go anywhere yet. I just saw five people drop off of the 111 of you watching right now. This is a live show. We're going into live Q&A mode right now to talk about all these rookies, so don't go anywhere. The phone lines are going to be open in here, here in one second. I'm going to open them up. But I wanted to start off by saying, I know that these are going to, whenever you do a top 12, top 15, especially top 15, and even more so if you do something around like the top 25 rankings, you're going to get bickering, and it's totally natural. And everybody's going to feel one way about Quentin Johnston. And, and people are going to feel one way about Addison. And people are going to feel one way about Joshua Downs. And that's going to have a tendency. Uh, file on in, guys. We're doing a Q&A live right here. Appreciate you watching that 20-minute rookie ranking slash mock draft video. Taya first in the building. Travis Rose second. 
James, appreciate you. I see all of you in here. But one thing you got to keep in mind when you when we go over rookie rankings and rookie um, analysis is that there are going to be so many busts here. And to have any sort of definitive, cemented an answer about a player that you have no idea, like Quentin Johnston, for example. I, and this goes for me, too, on the flip side. I have no idea how this is going to unfold. I have no clue how how healthy Mike Williams will stay. I have no 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 ability to yet know how this new offense with Moore and Herbert is going to adapt and, and evolve. And if Keenan Allen and Mike Williams both go down, Quentin Johnston is walking into an amazing situation. Um, a crack shot says, come on, man, you know uh, QJ, QJ thing. I don't know what that means, crack shot. But I'm, I'm ex- what I'm describing right now is for exactly you. So just hang tight and listen. Um, everybody's going to have different perspectives on players like Quentin Johnson, on Addison. And we've seen guys like Pittman go in the second and third round last year. We've There's players that I took really high that didn't work out as well. It's not like I just went, I, I went 100% and my batting average is 100% not saying that. My whole point here is to sit here and suggest that Michael Pittman is going to be a second or third round pick. In hindsight, everybody drafting Pittman in the third round, second round, late second round he went. Uh, 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 what's what's his face? The Steelers guy. I always I always blank on him because I don't even care. Uh, 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 <laughs> Ron, Ron, who's your guy? I'm blanking out on his name. Uh, uh, Johnson. Um, it, it's like you have the you have these moments where you feel like this guy's going to explode, but you don't. There's so many variables involved. There's so many variables involved. And so when someone says something like, um, hey, Smitty, how do you have Quentin Johnson not in your top five or six? How do you not have Hyatt not in your top five or six? How are you leaving Joshua Downs outside of your top eight? Like Joshua Downs is in a better, probably a better long-term situation than some of the guys were ranking higher than him. Hyatt's may be in a better spot than everybody but maybe Zay Flowers. So, um, not no, not Pickens. What's his name? I was blanking out. On, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Um, what's his freaking face? I'm totally blanking on his name. <sighs> no one's going to help me with it. It's not Pickens. You know I love Pickens. What is his name? I'm going to have to look it up. <laughs> I'm totally blanking on his name right now. <laughs> He's so irrelevant to me that I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Deontay Johnson. Johnson. There you go. Deontay Johnson. I was blanking out of his first name. He's so irrelevant to me. Deontay Johnson. Everybody drafted Deontay in like the third round. Third and fourth round. How crazy was I to be down on Deontay? How crazy was I to tell you Michael Pittman was going to bust on people who drafted him in the third round expecting the world? Quentin Johnson's no lock. He's absolutely no lock. Zay Flowers is no lock. What we need to understand here is this rookie wide receiver class is not the the sophomores. It's not the sophomores at all. It's not even close to the sophomore wide receiver group. So how people are up in arms about Addison being ranked too low or too high somewhere, like I can't get mad at anybody for having Addison number four. I won't. I refuse to get mad at anybody's rankings. First of all, 
they could be right. Anybody could be right. But the amount of crazy questions and oh my gods and this one dude that came in and said this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, he's gone. That's fine. You don't like the show, you can leave. But this guy's gone. How how in the how in the hell does anybody know that Quentin Johnson's going to get his shot? First of all, he feels like a one-trick pony. He plays soft. He's not that quick and agile for his size and speed and his quickness. He should be faster for how quick, you know, how how the, the, the position of the wide receiver position. You need to be a certain speed. You need to play at a certain level of speed. This guy runs like a snail to me. And I'm not saying that Quentin Johnston can't evolve at the NFL level, but how anybody's shocked that I don't have him in my top six or seven? Like, you're talking about a whole bunch of players that are very deserving to be argued there. I could argue with ease that Hyatt and Josh Downs will both be better than Quentin Johnston. You could also uh, uh, argue that Quentin Johnston could be better than everybody, uh, every wide receiver in this draft class. It's certainly debatable. But Quentin Johnson showed me nothing to make me think he's some guy that 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 you're scratching your head because he's ranked eight instead of five. I I, I just don't see how Quentin Johnston comes out like this this monster that everybody's not that they're missing on. And JSN, as much as we like JSN, he landed in in quite arguably uh, one of the most confusing spots. He's got DK, who I think could be overtaken for the number one wide receiver role. But you have Geno Smith tossing the rock to him, which is no long-term like solution. So the only player that comes out of this, the only wide receivers that come out of this rookie draft with a lot of clarity for their future and who's throwing them the football are the guys like Downs and, and, and the guys like Hyatt. You know, Hyatt has Danny Dimes, and I don't think that's the best solution or, or, or situation, but I love Dable, and I have I have faith that whatever happens, Dable is getting a quarterback in there to to command that ship in a way that, that I think Hyatt's going to thrive. I think Hyatt's in a good spot. I think Mingo's in probably one of the best spots, and if somebody wanted Mingo over Quentin Johnston... I have no problem with that. If somebody wants Quentin Johnson over Mingo, I have no problem with that either. I think the point is you're allowed to have opinions with all the moving parts going on coming out of a rookie draft and to act like something is crazy when it's ranked differently than you rank it is funny to me. That's the only thing. I just want to say that this does create a lot of people to go in some sort of downward spiral uh, of commentary and negativity, and we all need to step back and say to say to each other, "Look, you got different rankings. That's normal. That's going to happen, and that's okay." I have no problem with someone having Quentin Johnson as the number three overall rookie, but everybody needs to relax on everybody else's rankings and just treat each other with respect in the chat, um, because this is when things get a little wild. That's the only reason I'm stepping up to say something right now because I have a feeling there's a little bit of wildness going on because I noticed it in the live chat during the video. A couple couple people screaming at each other and it's like, you don't know. No one knows. These are rookies. These are rookies that landed, most of them, in bad spots, these wide receivers. So no one knows. Stop acting like you know. I don't know. 
I'm admitting I don't know. I can only make my best educated guessing. Guess what? I'm going to be wrong on a lot of these or some of these at least. And maybe Mingo doesn't work out. Maybe Mingo becomes the best wide receiver in this entire draft class. Maybe he becomes a nothing burger. It could happen. It could happen. Um, and uh, and so I just wanted to address that before anybody came in here and started going at anybody. I don't mind so much you go at me. But when everybody starts going at each other to defend their their player that they like, that they've already drafted in, it's a pretty obvious red flag that you've already invested in somebody when you come in here swinging. Hey, how could you not have him at high? That's the best player ever. You don't know. You don't know. Phone lines are open, dial Call into the show. Call, call into the show. Phone lines are open. This one should be interesting. It always is. It always is when you when you bring in the rankings. When you bring in the rankings, the the bickering comes out. It's natural. Uh, hit me with your questions. Let's go. Greg says, what does Greg say? Let's see. Greg says, again, you were saying no one knows, but you can tell us how you come to these conclusions. Is it really just your feelings? Do you watch film, look at analytics, break uh, breakout age, historical data? Um, I mean, don't you watch the show, Greg? Or is this your first time here? If it is, that's fine. Welcome. But, I mean, I think I make it pretty evident that I'm not just a... Uh, going with my feelings or throwing a dart at the board like there's an all-encompassing process to my daily investing of time Greg I sit here daily this is what I do as a profession so when you ask me what do I do to come to these conclusions do I pick one of these things no Greg I do them all I do them all Greg I live eat and breathe football analysis and have been scouting players coming out of the draft when you were in diapers and that's not a knock on you Greg I'm just saying I've been literally doing this since you were in diapers from a scouting perspective for for over 20 plus years so there is a lot that goes into it there is this is not me just throwing a dart at the board this is not me just saying hey I kind of have a weird feeling here this is an all-encompassing process that's what I'm talking about, bro. All right. Uh, I saw the phone line ringing. I, I, there's some kind of issue with it maybe again. I don't know. Let's test out the phone line again. Uh, appreciate you, Greg. That's why I said I prefaced it, Greg. I said, is this your first time? If it is, that's great. Um, and, and I appreciate you, Greg, coming in the door. Those are just the recent. I appreciate you. George from the Bay. Let's see if the phone line's working. I hope it is. I'm George, are you there? Mini, what up? Uh, phone lines aren't working, George. Hold on. I might have to reinstall something. George, come back. Let me close this out and, and, and reinstall the phone line. Um, Ron says, yo, phone not working. Yeah, I'm going to get it going, Ron. Hang out. Hang, hang tight real quick. Let me just reinstall it real quick. Shouldn't take very long, to be honest. It's It's pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, guys, this is a this is a an evolving process too. Rankings are never they're subjective and they're ever changing. And anybody that stays, you know, firm on something and doesn't so-called waver, 
you don't want to trust anybody that's cranking out those rankings anyway. And Greg, I appreciate you. And that's why I prefaced, if, is this your first time here? We we got we got a lot of people in here um, that are just coming in with the hate today. So your boy Smitty's a little short, as you can tell. But it's because I've been dealing with a lot of negativity today. Especially when you do rankings, you come out with stuff after the NFL draft. Your boy's got thick skin, but I am a human being as well. And it gets a little annoying when people... You know, come at you left and right about uh, about this and that and how how garbage this is. So, you know, I, am I a little short today? A little bit. Usually, I don't let it bother me. I, I really don't. But uh, a lot of of hours uh, staying awake. Like I can't even remember. I couldn't even remember. I was like, what's his name, Johnson? <laughs> what's his name, John? I'm so tired right now. I'm on like three hours sleep. Your boy is working as hard as he can for everybody in here. And, and so that's just my, my natural reaction right now is that, you know, no one's going to like your rankings. No one's going to like your rankings. No one's going to like your rankings from a grand scale. Someone's going to have a problem with something. And that's the business you choose. That's the business I choose. I chose to be in. That's, that's, I got to be okay with that. And I totally am, but it's just, uh, uh, sometimes we're human beings. You have one of those days at work where you're just a little annoyed by all of the craziness going on, let me see if I can open the phone line again real quickly. And then you got technical difficulties like this. And it's like the phone line's always giving me problems. And it's not anything that can be fixed other than manage. I've already looked into it in tremendous detail. Let's see if the phone lines are working now. Ron, hang tight as I open them up for the first time. Ron, try dialing in now. Somebody try dialing in now. The phone lines are open. Let me hit the phone number again. Call into the show. Call, call, call into the show. Alright, here we go. I think we're good to go. Caller from the 814, you're live on the Fantasy Football Show. Who am I talking to? Yeah, you're there. Okay. There we go. But you lost my name, obviously. I, I, yeah. I don't think your your audio is coming up here. Talk again, Ron. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, but I don't think the uh, the listeners can. So hold on one second. Let me get in here. We might not have phone lines today. I, I think I could re I could fix it, but it's hard to do it on the fly. Hold on one <laughs> second. Yeah, hang tight, pal. Hang tight. Oh, here we go. I think this is good. Talk now, Ron. All right. There we go. Can you hear me? Yeah, we're fixed. We're back. We're back. Okay. So I got Ron Navy on the line. Um, yeah, I don't have your names today. I'll have to see if that fixes when I when I get back in there. Okay. Um, sounds far away. Can you guys hear him? Okay. I think it's. I think you can hear him now. Testing. Testing. Okay. Everybody so hear me yeah. Wants- let let's talk about uh let's talk about a couple of the players. I don't know if I still have my rankings up. Let me see if I do. Mock draft. Here it goes. So where who's who else is on the line by the way? I got Ron Navy and who else? It's Avi George. Oh Avi, what's up, Avi? What's up, Avi? Avi, you're from the three you're from the three three nine, right? Yeah. Okay, let me save you guys' okay. names in here. I don't know why this went away. That's ridiculous if I lost it. Hold on a second. Okay, Avi. Avi. Okay, Avi, I got you added. Avi, 
and it's okay, Avi, if you disagree. Um, Ron, you're the you're the eight one. F- I got your area code here. Hold on one second. Yep. <laughs> let me go. Let me go ahead and add you in here. Welcome to the phone line, Ron. I don't know why everything went Thanks. away. I think if I restart everything, Dude, it'll be I'm fine. For, I'm a first time caller. First time caller, Ron. Okay, Avi. Um, looking at the, I don't know if you can see the board right now, but what do you feel is the value here? Let's say that this is the way the ADP shakes out. Okay, and I'm a little different. I'm higher on Charbonnet. I'm higher on Mingo. I'm lower on Addison. I'm lower on Johnston. But pretending uh-huh. that this is this is how it is, who do you like? Like, who do you feel like is getting overlooked here? And who do you feel like could be way better than people are, are thinking? All right, from this perspective, Addison at seven, I like. A lot of a lot will agree with you. And uh, JSN at four seems like he could be decent. If Tyler Walker or DK gets hurt, he'll be pretty good. And who do you not like? Who is a guy you don't like? You, even if it's not just wow. on this list, but are you like I'm out on on let's say the the landing spot um, for you know these tight ends, or do you dislike um, do you dislike yeah, Bryce yeah. Young because of um, his size? For me, it's going to be my boy Zay Flowers, who I absolutely love. I think three's a little high, even though I, I love his talent. I'm not doubting him. But with OBJ, Lamar, run first offense, I think it could be a little risky that high. Uh, by, Zay Flowers, by the way, TMT just gifted five exclusive memberships. TMT to the, moon. To the absolute moon. Appreciate you, TMT. Um, Ron Navy, who do you like more than this board? And who do you like more or less just in general than the, the general population? You know, I know you like Addison, what? but so maybe choose a different person. Well, no, I mean, listen, you 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 look at Addison your way and I look at Addison my way. I'm, I, I believe in Cousins more than you do, and it makes sense that he's there on your rankings. I, okay, I, I, I have him higher, and that's me. But this we're talking about your rankings. Um, that's Quentin Johnston. You got at eight. Yep. I don't have Quentin Johnston at all. I think Quentin Johnston is more of like a fifteen guy. See I would. That? I actually would put there. I that's interesting. Wanted to, and you're thinking I'd put Young then Stroud because quarterbacks get more points than these guys, anyways. That's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting because that's probably the the player that I got the most, and it's fine. It's fine. The most pushback on and pushback's great. It's well, it's the it's it, the, only, the, the look the per, the per, the people I were talking to are you don't you don't have to you can disagree with me in here. I'm not mad at anybody disagreeing with me. The the comments I made were to the people that have a real negative, just uh, condescending. Uh, trying to tear tear down the chat and the show vibe in the chat, and you know, we get rid of those people immediately. And that was that was who I was talking to. Not anybody that disagrees. You guys can love Quentin Johnson, and a lot of people love Addison. And Ron, all the pushback I got was on Quentin Johnson eight. Ron doesn't even have him in his top fifteen, so it's all over the board. And that's natural coming out of a uh, of a mock draft or a a ranking show, especially when nobody yet has digested any of this. Majority of people hated Gibbs on draft day and love him now because of the trade of Swift, which was easy to see that it was going to happen. So people just need to realize that a lot needs to be digested. A lot of these players need to fi- you need to find out what they look like on the field at the NFL level. 
And just remember that J.J. was ranked in the dead center of his draft class when people did rookie ranking videos and, and analysis. J.J. was right here. Okay? J.J. was right here. And 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 that needs to be kept in mind that nobody is going to see everything coming. Addison, to me, has limitations to other people. They love the volume enough to say, hey, I'm the kind of guy that likes to, to draft T, uh, T. Higgins anyway, even though he's the number two. Then, then people that are okay with that are probably going to be more okay with Addison's role. I think Quentin Johnson's got a whole lot that has to happen for him to even get into a, a position to get a lot of volume. But he does have a better quarterback or potentially a better quarterback situation than a lot of the other guys. So maybe that volume's going to be a little bigger. And from a third wide receiver role with obviously Allen and uh, Williams not likely to play full seasons. He's going to dip into that, you know, at least the number two wide receiver role from time to time throughout the year. But I don't know. He was already kind of doubted by so many people. Ron, I, I know you didn't like him going into the draft. I think given that he didn't go to a clear cut role right now, at least his future could be bright. I, I can see why you don't like him in this situation. Um, we got another caller on the phone. Real quickly, Ron, yeah. I'm going to come back to you. Uh, let's go to the 925 area. No, let's go to the 623 area code. Who are you? Uh, my name's Austin. What's up, Austin? Nothing. Uh, I I actually I like your rankings. Uh, the the only ones, of course, you know, I think the Mingo one, uh, that's a little high for my liking, but I like it. It's bold. Um, I think the Bijan Gibbs ones are locked at this point. Uh, I personally am just going to roll with the skill. I, I love JSN. I think that even though he's in uh, Seattle, I still think that DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett uh, will, like I said, of course, they're going to eat into the targets and everything. But JSN, when he was in college, he actually benefited from Olave and Garrett Wilson playing mm. like there too. So, and also, if you look at last year's uh, statistics, the Seattle Seahawks actually were one of the heaviest passing offenses, even though Geno, you know, Geno Smith, it's not like he's elite or anything. Uh, I still think that JSM might have a nice little rookie uh, season with the two dudes in front of him, uh, especially if he's going to be playing out of the slot. Those receivers get targeted so much. Uh, I, I like Zay Flowers, but for the exact opposite reason, I would put JSN at three and put Zay at four just because Lamar Jackson, as much as I love him, he is definitely not a pass-first quarterback. And with OBJ there, Rashad Bateman, people forget, like, you know, is there still two? They have first-round capital on him and Mark Andrews. He's basically going to be either the third or fourth option there. So that's why I think I like JSN above Zay Flowers personally. And Kenneth Walker and uh, Charbonnet, they have, like, you know, receiving roles, of course, but they're definitely not receiving roles like Dobbin's going to have or I anybody just, like yeah, that on the Ravens. Yeah, it's a good take. I guess my only thing would be that it's it's like if, if let's say, JSN landed in a little more potent uh, in offense in terms of passing the football, like Seattle's going to want to run a ton. And so – yeah, he's got to overtake I, DK. I, he can't really survive and meet the expectations people have for him unless he overtakes DK, which he can do. Like I said, my rankings—I went back and forth on this one, and I still do. 
I still want to put JSN at three and Zay at, at four, and then I flip it. Like, that's just my honest take. I don't really have a good handle on this part right here. Um, and quite honestly, I think my takeaway from doing this video, and I think this is what resonates with me, and especially when I read a lot of the the, neg the very negative comments on it, is this, this tear break right here is a hard tear break. This is not a soft tear break. This is like Gibbs and Bijan are so much more, in my opinion, valuable than the rest of this list because of what I explained earlier. That quite arguably, one could say that Josh Downs or Hyatt in their situations could end up being this four or five or six overall player. Like, is it that crazy? Can anybody on the phone line say that they would bet their life that Hyatt or Josh Downs? wouldn't be the number one wide receiver from this draft class. Like, it's impossible. Like, is it possible that Hyatt becomes that guy in his situation? I mean, Zay, JSN, and, and Quentin Johnson did not land, and Addison did not land none of them. Even Zay. You could say Zay. And I've been a little critical on Zay's landing spot, even though it's the most clear-cut avenue. And this is where, Ron, we talked about it the other night, and you were like, how are you not high on Zay? is because even though Zay's landing spot is the most clear-cut to the number one wide receiver role, just as the caller just pointed out, it's not necessarily going to be uh, uh, leading to this amazing, amazing, amazing amount of production and, and target and volume. So it's like JSN, Zay Flowers, Addison, and Johnston, even though a lot of people think Johnston is going to eventually be in a great spot, and he really could, I mean, these guys, who's to say Hyatt isn't the best wide receiver in this class? Who's to say that Mingo can't, with all the targets and volume he's going to get, developing with his young quarterback? Like, this is this is why I say, from this tier break on, it is anybody's guess as to how it's going to happen. And I know that's how it usually is, but more so this year than any other year is their uncertainty from number three all the way down. Like, this just doesn't look like a clear cut, unless we're talking quarterback. I think Young is the guy. But Johnston to Zay, JSN to Addison, all the way up and down this board here, these guys could slip in there easily. Easily. And Ron. I, I personally, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but just to add to that point real quick, which I think will add to the conversation that you're having, which is good. I think that you're right. I think all these wide receivers are pretty close to each other in terms of like value based off of like, you know, landing spots and also potential and everything. Uh, my, if, if we're looking at this from a dynasty perspective, the only reason why I think I personally, if I was to rank it, of course, I think I would have JSN, like Quentin Johnson, Zay Flowers, and Addison, if, if, it, if I'm just being honest. But that's the only reason I say that is because JSN is, I guess, behind Tyler Lockett, who's 31, and then Johnston is behind, I guess, Keenan Allen. I think that he would take Allen's role, and he's 31, I believe, also, or he's 30. And in a year or two, I think that those dudes are going to have amazing opportunities, especially Quentin Johnson with Herbert. I I love the sound of that, personally. I that do. a rack monster. I do like the idea of it. I'm not going to lie. And that's why he's in my, I mean, it's not like I'm saying I won't draft him. He's still ranked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Quentin Johnson could climb. I'm admitting that. But I feel like, 
um, I feel like I already had an idea of Quentin Johnson being overrated walking into the draft. And that's just, I guess, where the divide happens between people that love Quentin Johnson's landing spot and people that love his landing spot but are still a little bit like, I don't love it for now because I don't think he's taking it from those two wide receivers in front of him, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. But will Keenan Allen and Mike Williams stay healthy? Probably not. So Quentin Johnson will find his way. But he's got a lot of developing to do, in my opinion. He seems very one-dimensional. And I don't I don't feel like at his size he feels like he's quick enough and has the skill sets he needs to become like a number one for a team. Now, could he, like Addison, like potentially JSN, or you could say like Zay Flowers in his more dumbed-down potential amount of volume, could he reach these guys' levels of production? Sure, absolutely. But are any of these guys going to become better than Drake London? Are any of them going to become better than, of course not, the answer is, Alave or Garrett Wilson? But what about even Watson? What about even Pickens? Are all those guys going to be ranking above these guys at the end of the day? I just don't get a strong sense. These landing spots are, if we're being honest with ourselves, not good. Like, like this landing spot could be good if he ends up being good. I just have the most questions about him out of the big four wide receivers. So, as I alluded to earlier, if Zay landed in the Chargers location, JSN landed in the Chargers location, if Addison landed there, I would be really excited about that like many people are about Quentin Johnson. But because this is my most doubted of the four, I'm I'm like happy for the landing spot, but I'm not too sure what we're going to get out of the player. So Yeah, JSN, JSN getting sniped by the Seahawks during the draft absolutely broke my heart uh, right before the Chargers because that was the perfect landing spot. Uh, Quentin Johnson honestly kind of reminds me of uh, like this is a really this is his his floor, but Quentin Johnson could be Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry had that rack ability. That's why the Pats drafted him so high. His like run after the they Pats ru- they is what they were banking on, and Quentin Johnson is that's the exact same thing that people are banking on. Is his run after the catch ability, and if uh, yeah, if he doesn't stop that body catching, he's definitely gonna. Yeah, he could bust quick, but he has the most potential based just off a of quarterback play alone, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you could you could compare uh, a few different things, and 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 every one of these wide receivers has a, a nice, you know, a nice uh, aspect to their game, no doubt. That's why Johnson was, in some people's mind, ranked number one or two from this draft class. But a lot of people feel like there's a, a lot of people will say one trick pony uh, doesn't feel like he dominates the space around him yet, doesn't understand understand his size yet. You know, because like DK, one thing about DK is once DK figured out, and I think he's still figuring it out, the 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 spatial dominance part to his game, he'll be unstoppable in a jump ball situation. Um, I I I I like I like Johnston, I just don't love him. And if he can develop, I will be very very intrigued by this landing spot. I'm open minded to it. But I certainly don't feel like I can put him any higher than this. Like I could, I could go back and forth on on these three right here. But I know a lot of people are shocked by the Charbonnet ranking. But that goes to show how unsure uh, unsure of this wide receiver group that I am. To where I'd rather have and bank on a home run hitter that's going to win me a league. And especially if we're talking dynasty, and something happened to Kenneth Walker, 
um, this guy would absolutely win you and build you a, a dynasty no one could stop. Like this guy has the potential to be a top five running back if he gets in there. This is Alexander Madison on steroids. So yeah, I, I get I get the the hey, but but also remember in my video I say, are you supposed to draft him here? Probably not. Like this is my ranking in terms of how I kind of feel it playing out. And I think Mingo will be that good. But do you draft Charbonnet and Mingo later? If you can, of course you do. Of course you do. No one, no one's suggesting you draft Charbonnet here if you can draft him here and here. And by the re reaction of the chat when I say Charbonnet, they're thinking, I'm saying, take him at five no matter what. No, this is kind of like when I rank Bijan number one. Do I want you to go and get Bijan number one overall? No. I want you to try and get Bijan at six if you can get him at six. I want you to get him at, get him at eight if you can get him at eight. Me saying Bijan is going to finish as the number one running back as a rookie does not give you a license or shouldn't give you a license to go get him at number one overall just because I said he's going to be amazing. Charbonnet, get him as late as you can get him. Well, if anything, if anything, I think it's a good thing in a way that Charbonnet got drafted by Seattle. And like the reason I say that is he's still my running back three on the board. I think in terms of a football draft pick, I think pairing him with Kenneth Walker is actually a good thing. Kenneth Walker and Sharp is a dope combo. But the thing that I think people aren't really looking into that much is Charbonnet is a better receiving back than Kenneth Walker. And the thing about Kenneth Walker is he's pretty injury prone, as you can tell from his rookie year. So I don't think Seattle fully trusts Kenneth Walker to have like that full workload. I think Charbonnet, they drafted him only, if you look at the draft capital, like he's only one pick uh, behind when, where they drafted Kenneth Walker. So like, I, yeah. if anything, Wait, if no. anything I think that's not pretty prone. Walker is an injury prone. He had, he had a hernia, which could happen to anybody. That doesn't make him injury prone. And and when he recovered from that, he got into the lineup right. and he finished strong. And let me let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. Let me re let me rephrase what I said. He has an injury history, and I think Seattle is concerned with that. My thing is that Charbonnet, in my opinion, I think that he could easily take the RB one spot over Kenneth Walker. I don't think he's. I don't think and he's I taking think, it. He's not taking oh, it from him. But if if no, Walker no, give, wait, let me wait. Let me just say yeah. this real quick. I just I think that I think Charbonnet, like in a year or two years, I think that if everything plays in his favor, he can be the RB one for Seattle in terms. He has a better receiving capability. I think he's a bigger back. He can run just as well as Kenneth Walker can. I think that I think if anything, it hurts Kenneth Walker's stock more than it hurts Charbonnet's stock personally. Well, if we look at the history, if we look at the history, if we look at the history of the NFL, the way it's been going, everybody committees said, are hundred percent. All right, hold, hold on, Avi. Avi, let let Ron go. Everybody said Kenneth Walker can't catch the ball. Well, he wasn't throwing the ball. That's the thing. He can catch fine. There's no problem with that. Kenneth Walker is more fluid than than Charbonnet is. Charbonnet is a tough runner, hard to tackle, but Charbonnet is no way as fluid as Walker. And the reason as that we, we, we hate this land spot, the reason that we hate this landing spot for him is because he could be a starter somewhere else, but now he's stuck there in Chicago. I'm not Chicago, but Seattle. And, and 
you know, it's great for the Seattle football team as a team, but it stinks for us in fantasy football because we don't get to use him like we thought we were going to be able to get to use him. I All mean, right, yeah. All I, right, hang, hang I, tight I, on. I think, on the goal line I, I'm not. I'm not whatever. saying. I'm not saying. I'm not saying Kenneth Walker is a bad running back. He's he's clearly one of the best running backs, young running backs in the league right he's now. Just, I just. I think Charbonnet. I think. I think. I think. You can give me a second. Come on. Yeah, give me a second. I've given you. I've to you for All right, Avi. Hold on. Hold on a second, Avi. You you have you have gone on for a little while. Uh, hold on. We got to get some other people able to talk. You've you've already. I, I love you, Avi, but but but. All right, still, hold on. Hold on. Hold, hold on. Hold on. Hold on, guys. And he doesn't really have an injury. Ron, hold on. Everybody, hold on. Walker. <laughs> yeah, I think I think suggesting that Walker has an injury history, which Avi walked back, is a little bit reckless because he doesn't. He doesn't hold that label yet. He was he had a hernia that took him a while to get on the field. I think Walker proved himself in, in an amazing fashion. And Avi's not saying he's garbage. He's just saying Charbonnet's better. Like I wouldn't be sitting here telling you to take Charbonnet early in your early to mid first round of a rookie draft if I didn't think he was near as capable. So the problem lies that the team may be tempted. Maybe we'll see to use both of them because they're both amazing. But Charbonnet's not going to steal the job away from Walker, but injuries could happen to anybody. And and Pete Carroll decided to, to pair both these guys up because he wanted the best running crew in the entire National Football League, and he got it. But let's keep in mind, just pump the brakes on the Charbonnet situation, impeding on Walker if Walker's healthy and fully going and operating at a full capacity. Let's remember that Pete Carroll picked up the phone when he drafted him and said, I'm going to need you to be a special teamer as well. He said that, that to him immediately on the phone call. So we know from the jump, Walker's getting the, the job. If if Charbonnet's ever called upon, and he could be early on, he may not be at all. He may not get a single carry in week one. It might be one of those things where everybody looks back and says, oh my God, I let Walker fall. And, and if that's the case... This guy Charbonnet is going to be very slow moving to even get into the to to the to the workload and the workload divide because it took Walker a while. Like we know that they're not going to just shove the rookie out there early on. I, I guess what, I, what what in and everybody needs to watch my Walker Charbonnet video where I explain what to do going forward, what to do if you already own them. The bottom line is this: from this moment forward, Walker's going in the fourth round. He's going in the fourth round. And that's an absolute steal. And anybody that wants to draft Walker going forward, you're getting potentially still a top five running back with some risk that we can't see. And we're a little bit concerned about it. But it might just end up amounting to an A.J. Dillon to Aaron Jones, where it's not really affecting anything. And so if Tony Pollard can be an amazing running back and pop off with Zeke Elliott hogging a bunch of the work, I have no doubt that Kenneth Walker, if he stays healthy, and I, I again don't think he's injury prone, if he stays healthy and and stays on the field, uh, you know, there's there's no way I think he gets unseated. But Avi, to your point, there's a reason I'm saying Charbonnet is the biggest secret weapon in the first round. It's because I believe that if if disaster does strike, he will step up and he will be amazing. So you're not wrong. No one's wrong or right yet anyway, but you're not wrong in my mind because of how you're saying it. I think I think how you're saying it's maybe just, you know, making people I, think, I think that, I'm being I think I'm getting misunderstood. So right. my and I, I don't think I don't think it's 
I don't think it's a bad take either to say that that Kenneth Walker might have worse hands than Charbonnet as it stands right this second. I think I think that in my opinion, I think that I think that Kenneth Walker, of course, is the RB one right now. I'm just saying that in in, that, in a year or so right now, this situation, of course, right now with the draft capital, I'm going to assume that it's one A one B. Of course, Kenneth Walker and, and Charbonnet. But um, if I was to um, call it like in a year or so from now, I could totally see uh, Charbonnet taking the RB one spot from Kenneth Walker. I do think Kenneth Walker is a better running back as it stands, but I do think that uh, Charbonnet is a better receiver at this very moment in time. I don't think that's a very hot take. Of course, it's all uh, like you know objective, but uh, all right, let's let's yeah, go. Just, um, let's go to the. Let's how often go. do you see, see Seattle throw the ball to the running backs though? That's the thing, and they did throw a little bit to Walker. We were getting so frustrated last year, especially in that San Francisco game. Throw the ball to Walker. Throw the ball. He was wide open. Coming off, coming off the edge, and um, they weren't throwing him the ball a lot. And when they did throw him the ball, he was making huge gains and huge plays and making people miss. And he was he was catching the ball. I mean, I mean, look at, at how many times he was targeted, and look at how many catches he made out of those targets he was targeted. So just because everybody got this conception with with Walker because he wasn't thrown to in college that he that much that he couldn't catch the ball. But that was the whole thing is he can catch the ball. He, they, they just didn't throw it to him. And that, that's my big thing there. And then with Quentin Johnson, I, I, I mean, I think Mike Williams is a more physical guy. And I don't think he can match uh, Williams' thing. But I don't think – I wasn't impressed with the Chargers overall. I don't think they did it. I mean, yeah, they, they, they drafted him. But I don't think they did enough to, to – they're, they're never going to beat Kansas City this year. They have no chance. They didn't. They didn't. There's a lot of areas. They, they needed another running back. I mean, they needed. I would have loved. Char, I wanted Charbonnet to go to San Diego so bad because Eckler, he's almost done. His career's almost done. And they didn't. They didn't address that. They didn't address a lot of things the Chargers didn't. So my outlook for the Chargers ain't that great this year because I don't think they did enough in the draft. All right, hang tight, Ron. Uh, let's go to the the nine two five caller. You've been waiting patiently. Yeah, this is George. What's up, George? So my take on the Seattle backfield issue here is, number one, this is good for us who are high on on Walker because two reasons. Rookies hit a wall in their first year, right? And this is why uh, they drafted Charbonnet because last year towards the end of the season, you could tell – Walker was kind of wearing down that playoff game. He was kind of getting used a lot. So they're, they're getting that backup role. They're filling that penny role because they lost penny and they lost Homer in free agency. Right. So then they drafted McIntosh, who's the third running back who's going to be like the pass catcher. This is going to help Walker. It's going to give him, you know, some spells here and there to keep him healthy and for the long term. So like, you know, a late third, early fourth pick on Walker. That's a steal. Like you're saying, that's, my take on the whole Seattle backfield. Yeah, and I, I think, again, I, to make it very clear, and if anybody wants more clarity, go watch my Charbonnet-Walker video. But I think there's a world where you can love both these guys. There's a world where you should cuff them, too. If you draft Walker in a redraft, you have no business not cuffing him to Charbonnet. 
And if you can get Walker in the fourth round and Charbonnet in round 10 or 11, you have yourself one of the craftiest running back ones in fantasy football, and you only paid a fourth and 11th round pick to secure it. So let's be very clear how, how valuable Walker is right now with his newfound ADP. Let's also look at it from the lens of just because I love Charbonnet and I think Charbonnet could win you a league doesn't mean I'm rooting against Walker, doesn't mean Walker can't succeed, doesn't mean there's a high likelihood of him not succeeding, but this is an odds game. These are running backs. These are players that go out there and get, get hit. Um, ACL tears can happen very easily just from a helmet to the side of the knee. And given the immense upside that Charbonnet has, he has the ability to be a top five running back, top five to seven running back even, at the National Football League level, as a rookie even, if he gets injected into the lineup through not overtaking Walker, but an injury, um, you can win your league. So just because I'm super high on one approach, taking Charbonnet everywhere I can, even when I don't have Walker, doesn't mean I'm not... I'm not uh, believing that Walker's going to survive and thrive. Hang, hang tight real quickly. I just want to get these super chats out of the way. Who is the better dynasty investment, Kenneth Walker or Gibbs? If you could give me Walker and Charbonnet, then we have ourselves a debate here. If I could only have Kenneth Walker, I'm not going to lie. Having Gibbs is a, is an attractive um, proposition. But then you got to ask yourself this question. How is it any different that Gibbs has Monty in his path than Walker has Charbonnet coming into his you know line of sight you know what I mean I think it's weird when people only look at it from one perspective because Gibbs is incoming inbound you look at Monty as uh, uh, expendable or somebody that can be pushed out but just because Charbonnet comes in doesn't mean Walker's not going to chew him up and spit him out because Walker is that talented if he doesn't get hurt he won't allow Charbonnet to take the job could he surrender third down work that's out of his control and Charbonnet is a good pass protector, so there's a, an opportunity for Charbonnet to get some of that work. Not all of it, but some of it. They very much like what Walker brings to the table on all three downs. And Pete Carroll even came out and said, both of these guys are three down backs. We didn't bring Charbonnet in to replace Kenneth Walker on third down. They're both going to play on third down because they can both play on third down. So that, there, there's that. So, I, I mean... This, this, I could go back and forth on this. Kenneth Walker alone without Charbonnet versus Gibbs. I could honestly argue both of them. I probably would lean. Real quickly, one one question or one one sentence, not even one sentence, one word answer, yes or no, on this Gibbs or Walker. Let's go to the 623 caller. Uh, Walker. Um, uh, I think George Gibbs or Walker, yes or no, or, or, or just a, a one one word answer. Gibbs, Avi, Gibbs or Walker. Gibbs, Ron, Gibbs or Walker. Walker. Okay, it's close. I mean, it's close. It's, it 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 makes me even hesitate because I like Gibbs that much. But if you could get Charbonnet, that changes the whole the whole question and answer. Um, Aloha with the 499 super chat says I drafted Gibbs today. My running backs are Pollard, Gibbs, and Walker. My wide receivers are AJ Brown, Lamb, and Devontae. I can trade Justin Herbert and Walker for JJ. Um, depends on who your QB would be. Who would you say your backup? You didn't say your backup QB. It depends on who your QB would be. 
But I, I do I do love getting JJ, but if you can spare your your quarterback like that, then yeah, I, I don't mind doing that at all. Yeah, real, real quick, one, one more thing on this Walker debate. I think a lot of people are pumping the brakes. They're scared because of this draft of Charbonnet. But really what I think, is, it, it, like I said, if you can get him in that late third, early fourth, that's a steal. Why would you not take that instead of – because pre-draft, we are drafting him in like early second. You know, so like people are like hesitant now, but like this is going to actually benefit Walker in the long well, run. Well, because those people don't feel like it will. Those people are predicting him to be unseated. And so, so those people will argue, I'll just draft Charbonnet only, which is a strategy – and and I don't think he'll be unseated, but could he get hurt or some kind of unforeseen thing? Yeah, there will be teams where I have just Charbonnet. And and if he does get hurt, those teams will benefit. There will be teams where I have Walker and Charbonnet. And going forward, there will be very few, if any, where I have just Walker. Because I will reach if I have to to make sure I solidify that pairing because it quite arguably... At fourth round value, especially fourth round, 4.2, let's call it 4.1, 4.2, 4.3. If you get Walker there and you get Charbonnet in round 11, 10, you are, you are, you are literally giving yourself a running back one at the cost of no first, second, or third round pick being spent. Hold on real quick. Let me get through these super chats. Thick skin Smitty. Thank you, Ron, for the super chat. Appreciate you. Uh, Aaron Jones, Lamb, 1.6 for Swift, Alave, the 1.3. Aaron Jones, Lamb, 1.6 for Swift, Alave, 1.3. This is a smash because, number one, the 1.3 crushes the 1.6 because you get, you might arguably get that Gibbs, you know, you have a shot at getting Gibbs. So I would take that in a heartbeat. Swift, uh, or I'm sorry, um, Lamb and Alave, I think Alave could easily rival Lamb if not be better than him for the long term. And so Swift versus Aaron Jones. Swift is younger. Aaron Jones is on his way out. This is an easy trade for me. Not to mention it's a dynasty super flex. So that 1.3, if you need a quarterback, obviously gives you that part and uh, in, in that aspect of it. And you and I've I've seen a lot of people in super flexes get Bijan at number three. It's been how I've been getting DM after DM this week about hey Smitty, I got Bijan at number two. Hey Bijan, I got Bijan at number three. I got Bijan at number three. You're really got a, you got a great shot at getting Gibbs if you don't need a quarterback. That one point three is a huge, huge upgrade. I I smashed that Alave side all day long. Uh, Ron Navy with another super chat. Your phone's not working. Thank you, Ron, for the super chat and the alert. And then uh, the final super chat. I think I've got them all squared away at this point. Um, Austin says. Got the 1.1 through 1.3 and the 1.6 in the rookie dynasty draft. Got Watson and Fields. How would you draft based on this? Watson, I assume that's your quarterback, Deshaun Watson and Justin Fields. And so that would make it a very, very easy decision for me to go Gibbs and Bijan at 1.1 and 1.2. I probably would still very strongly consider going quarterback at that 1.3. But it's just such a value. You know, you can make some huge trades later even. If you if you sat on it and, and Bryce Young turned into a, a monster, you could trade him for JJ. You know, so it's, it's, it's amazing trade value. And I don't feel like this draft class has anything that screams to me. So I probably would go Bijan Gibbs and Bryce Young if it were me. Of course, this would be dependent on your wide receivers, which you didn't list, but... If you've got to go wide receiver, I think you'll know by the time 
you need to draft a JSN or Flowers or or whoever Quentin Johnson if you like Quentin Johnson. And I don't I don't hate that people like Quentin Johnson. I just personally have more questions than I do belief. Um, I probably go young as the third option, but I definitely take the two RBs. Thank you for the super chats. Any other super chats will get handled immediately. I promise. I'm looking for them. Uh, let's go on over to Ron. Let's go on over, over to, to who? let's go over to Ron. Oh, all right. I just got a couple. I just got a couple real quick things. I want to push back on both uh, George and Avi a little bit. George, you you said that uh, Walker ran into a rookie wall. Well, his last three games of the season: one hundred seven yards rushing, one hundred thirty-three and one fourteen. That's not too much. And the game before that, week fifteen, he played that hard-ass San Francisco defense. He only rushed for 47, but he had four out of five receptions for 32 yards, which really, if you remember the game, got Seattle close, closer in that game. And, and Avi, he was only targeted 35 times last year as far as reception, uh, targeted, but he caught 24 out of 35. So, you know, how can you say he's not a pass catcher? I mean, that's party high percentage being targeted only 35 times and catching 24 of them. Yo, I want to make one. Oh, I want to make one. To y'all. I'm not the one talking about Walker. I think it's uh, Thomas. So it's not me, Avi. I think you got the wrong person. I'm just trying to let you know that. Oh, well, whoever was the... talking about him not being a pass catcher, <laughs> I mean, he can catch no, the he's ball. He's obviously the ball. 24 out of 35, they just don't throw them enough. So that was that was my point there. So sorry, Andy, if I if I thought that was you. Now nah, you're chilling. I just wanted to make sure. Sorry, Avi. I love Walker. Yeah. So Avi, Avi, um, I, I guess let me let me start a new topic because we don't need to dance around the Walker in in Charbonnet. Yeah. It's very very it's very simple and easy. Charbonnet is. An absolute monster, and if he gets in there, he will he will explode. Now, will he take the job from Walker? Some say yes, some say no, and that's up for debate. And you can easily have either side of that opinion, uh, and and be be a normal human being with a functioning brain. Like it's it's a it's definitely something that it just comes down to personal preference and how much you like Kenneth Walker. Um, but I think we can all admit that if you draft Walker, you need Charbonnet. I think that's if you're competent in fantasy football at all, you would know that that is a must. So that that's that. Fourth round's good value. You don't always you don't have to take that. Maybe somebody loves a fourth round player better than Walker, and that's fine too. You know, in Dynasty, would you trade Walker for Drake London straight up? I mean, I've seen people do that as a panic move. And to be honest with you, I think Drake London's so good that I could understand somebody going that direction. If maybe their running backs can survive and they needed a wide receiver anyway, I certainly would be okay with doing it for Alave or Garrett Wilson. There are ways to get out of Kenneth Walker if you don't own Charbonnet. Just make sure you make a smart move that gets you a player that you truly believe has potential top five value at their position. And then it's not the craziest move in the world to make. Um, but let's move on real quickly to a different uh, question, and I'll say this: Who believes that Bijan Robinson can finish as the number one overall player in fantasy football, the number one overall running back? Let's say in twenty twenty three. Let's start off with Avi. Um, so with 
I think Atlanta is a decent spot. He's going to get a lot of touches. I would have him number five to ten overall. I think he's going to finish in, but he does have the upside to finish one to two. But I'll say five to ten to me. All right, let's go to the nine two five caller. Yeah, this is George. Yeah, uh, sorry, I, think, I can't. Uh, I, I can't enter you in right now, so I'm forgetting. Go ahead, George. I think I think Bijan is in a good spot because Atlanta likes to run the ball a lot. The only concern is I don't know how many games they're going to be like leading. Um, I still have them projected to be like a six and ten or or a seven and ten team. Um, so I mean, yeah, he'll have some good numbers, but top rookie running back no that's gonna go to Gibbs all day every day he's in a better spot better offense they're a better team they're gonna be winning a lot of games he's gonna be catching a lot of passes and that offense is gonna be lethal this year that's just what I think uh crumbs dropping a super chat saying Roshan Johnson will be huge in 2024 I I think uh I don't know if you I don't know if you mean 2023 and 2024 if you're just saying 2024 but but yeah, he's got it. he's a good good player. I mean, quite honestly, I probably should have put him in that very tail end of the conversation of the mock draft tonight because he does deserve to be there with Chase Brown. Um, yeah, so so Roshan needs to be in the in the mix there. I should have added him at that tail end there. But I don't think he's like top ten. But you could argue him 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, anywhere in that territory. Definitely a lot of upside for for him. Uh, Ron, yeah, hey, hey Smitty. Um, I just wanted because I just remembered I just, golf for life. Um, I think it was yesterday or the day before in the chat, and I don't think you saw him. He was actually asking how you become an exclusive member, and I just saw him in the chat, and I just wanted I just remembered he asked that question the other day, and I don't think he got answered. Okay, uh, this link right here is how you become a YouTube exclusive member. All you got to do is click. Uh, I'm going to pin it. It's. It, Actually, you know, let me also show everybody this. This right here. If you want to become a YouTube exclusive member, all you got to do is go to this little number right here. Hold on. Where, where is it at? There it is. So uh, right here, you'll see this join button on my YouTube channel. There's also a membership tab on if you're on desktop. So join or memberships. And on mobile, you'll see memberships right here. You'll sometimes see a join button as well. But all you got to do, if you ever want to become a YouTube exclusive member outside of the link that I just dropped and pinned, is at any point, you'll be suggested, hey, you want to become a member when you're in the live chat, it'll even tell you. Or you just go to the memberships tab. Um, there's also the merch store if you click on store. But And then channels is where you're going to find my my dynasty channel. So really the YouTube navigation menu at the top has a lot to it that people don't use. So memberships or click the join button and, uh, and that will get you where you need to go. But I pinned the link. So pr- appreciate that. All right, Ron, Ron, tell me about Bijan. Oh yeah. Bijan. I, 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 I think as highly of him as you do. So, you know, it's, uh, I, I agree. Yes. Uh, he's, he has the ability to, finished top one of all running backs this year. And I think the last person to answer would be 6-2-3. Yeah. So I think that Dijon finishing RB1 is definitely dependent on how uh, Desmond Ritter honestly performs because 
I think that they're going to run the ball regardless. I think they ran the ball like 65, 70% of the time last year, some crazy clip. So I think that, I think that, they, that he's still going to be a top 10 running back. But in terms of finishing number one overall, I think that Desmond Ritter needs to take a step up. They have a top five offensive line and they drafted a left guard, I think, in the second round this year to bolster their line. So I think, I think that he can definitely do it. And his PPR ability, like they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. They're not going to be ahead most of the game. So he's going to be catching the ball a lot out of the backfield. I'm not worried about Tyler Algier at all. You don't spend a number eight overall pick on a running back to not have him be a workhorse. Uh, I think the chances of him being RB1 overall, I think it's decently high. But like I said, it really just depends on how Desmond Ritter performs. If he... If he's just an average, decent quarterback, like if he can kind of do what Daniel Jones did last year, I think that, I think that uh, he definitely is going to be RB one. Yeah, I think uh, I think there's a lot a lot of you know dependency with any of this stuff. So I, I agree that you know some certain things have to happen. But if I'm drafting number four overall in a redraft, I'm not scared. Like I said in my video, I'm not scared. Uh, uh, Cooper just became a YouTube exclusive member. Appreciate that. Uh, I'm not scared to drop Bijan four or five overall. I'm not in a redraft whatsoever. I'm not scared of laughter. I don't care what people say. People made fun of us when we did it at eight, you know, drafted him at eight and nine. And we knew he'd climb. But now if I have to take him at four, I beg you guys not to if you don't need to. You know, like if you can trade down and get him at six or seven and get something please try it. But if you're in a best ball draft and if anybody wants to draft with us, we do best ball drafts during the, the usually during the graveyard shows, um, use promo code Smitty or the link is in every description of every video. I'll drop the link in a second in the chat, but you'll want to sign up early because if you don't, if you don't have your account created using promo code Smitty, here's the link right now. I'll drop it and I'm going to pin this one now. Um, you won't get into the drafts, you know, you'll have to sign up while you're trying to get in. Um, but if you're drafting at number four, there's nothing wrong with taking Bijan at four or five. If you're instead of forcing yourself in a, in a league where you're paying money and you can't trade down and you're just supposed to take a different player. So I'm going to do it. No, take who you want. Like, like Bijan could easily Javante. Another question, somebody asked this question right here. Let's talk about Javante real quick. Dan New says, Smitty, did Javante win the draft? We haven't mentioned a word about Javante winning the draft. So, Dan, I appreciate you bringing this up. There's been so many topics that fly at me, and I don't get a chance to address every single player. And I'm going to. Tomorrow I'm going to do a video on draft winners and draft losers, and Javante will certainly be a draft winner because he escaped getting an elite electric, you know, running back to 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 get drafted onto this team and threaten his future. So, uh, does anybody disagree that Javante escaped the draft? I'm still worried about Javante to be honest with you. Uh, I know that the modern medicine and stuff like is pretty good for like improving ACLs and like, you know, getting players back on the field as soon as possible, but uh, man, that leg injury was bad. I think he tore every single ligament in his knee. I don't even think he's no. He, he, didn't he didn't tear. He didn't tear. He didn't tear every single ligament in his knee, bro. It wasn't that bad. He tore his LCL and his ACL, but he didn't tear every single ligament. Did he tear? Did he tear his meniscus too? Um, there wasn't word that he did. He could have. Usually, uh, you usually you do, but 
um, he didn't tear every ligament in his knee. Oh, and yeah. I might be wrong about that, but yeah. I don't know. That Javante injury scares me more than like most uh, running back injuries that I see. Um, but I, I don't know. I hit from Javante's rookie year. I, I was, I was feeling pretty promising about it. And then he got hurt last year and now he's going to be coming off an injury. Just kind of like if Saquon Barkley couldn't have like a top 10 year when he came back from injury, I don't think Javante can. So we're really looking at like 2024 for a return. And then he's going to be on like, the last year of his rookie contract, I'm, I'm kind of nervous about Javante, especially with a new coaching regime like Sean Payton. I could honestly see them trading for a running back like Dalvin Cook or even if Alvin Kamara beats his, uh, his court cases and all that stuff, I could see the, like, you know him reuniting with Sean Payton in, uh, in Denver. I don't know. I know a lot of people. Javante is kind of like one of those situations where like you're either in on him or you're out on him. Well, I think a lot of it does. I don't know if you've seen all my ACL conversations that I have all the time but it all really depends on readiness if you get shoved out there in week one and you're not ready and he's been talked about from a he'll be ready from week one perspective or he'll be on the PUP or we don't know where he's going to be so it really just depends on where he's at walking into the season if you're behind the eight ball like think of it from the from this angle here if you're behind the eight ball on your recovery and you're literally trying to get this knee Used to the the smashing of the two joints together, that is hard on your meniscus when it's not used to getting hit and smashed. You have a looseness to the knee that puts your knee in jeopardy of tearing an LCL, an MCL, or re-injuring an MCL or LCL, or re-tearing the ACL, or tearing the PCL, or tearing meniscus when your knee is a lot looser put together. Because that's what the ACL does, is it holds the joint really tight. When you snap it, there's a lax to it. And that's where if you don't ever get an ACL repaired, and reportedly Spears, the running back, doesn't have an ACL in one of his knees. I don't know if that's accurate or not. That's been spread around. That's horrible because he's grinding away that meniscus because it's not a tight joint. Um, But the whole thing is if you get rushed out there like JK did and you're not ready, your knee's going to just swell. You're going to have all kinds of compensation injuries. You have more fluid in here. And you have just have a more a more likelihood of some sort of other injury because you're you're babying the knee and you're tearing a hamstring because you're running different. You're babying the knee and you tear your calf because you're 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 holding back and you're cautious with your knee. You have to fully go out there, hundred percent trust. The swelling part's got to kind of be for the most part out of the way. I think even Brees Hall, who's ahead of schedule, is going to have a little bit of swelling the first couple of weeks because. His knee's not used to it. You can't practice playing on that because everyone's being very careful with you. So when you go out there with an ACL-recovered knee, you're out there cutting harder than you've ever cut because you don't want to tear it in practice. You don't you don't want to get hit in practice. So everyone's babying you. And so you have swelling and a little extra like recovery time. Brees Hall, from all indications, is so far ahead of schedule. There's going to be no problem with him playing week one. They still may hold him out of the preseason. Maybe they don't even hold him out of the preseason. Maybe they want him to get a couple carries, and that would be actually good to see. So what it comes down to to Javante is, does he enter the season behind? And if he is, he's never going to catch up. That's what was that's what happened to Barkley and J.K., and why I said to avoid both of them, their year coming back from their ACL tears, is because they weren't even flush. And to shove someone out there and play football... There's no way the knee can handle that, and that's why Barkley was constantly just battling it all year long. So you're right to a degree. They've made a lot of medical advances, 
And there's a lot of reasons to avoid a running back with an ACL tear that first year back. But if Javante enters camp looking amazing, then I think I'll invest. If he's behind the eight ball and they put him on the PUP, he could still come back midseason and look good like JK did, where he's not being the problem is we don't want him rushed in week one and getting hurt by week five or six. So he either needs to sit and then come back strong in the middle of the year, or he needs to be ready to get on the field in week one. But I will say, and let me go over to Avi, I will say that I do feel like Javante did survive the draft from the perspective of they didn't bring in another RB. And so it is his job. I don't think he lost the job whatsoever. Avi? All right, let's go over to Ron. Ron? Yeah, I think it's a good sign um, because uh, uh, if they didn't believe in him, I mean, Sean Payton, the GM there, they, they would have invested in and in drafted a, 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 a good running back if they didn't believe that uh, he couldn't come back. I mean, they got Perrine to do there, and they didn't really add to that. So they have him. So, yeah, it's, it's, he's going to get at least the chance to come back and prove, you know, prove that he's capable of, of you know, doing what he needs to do. Hopefully we see it. But uh, Yeah, they didn't even take they a... Have to have some sort of, they have to have some sort of belief, you know, that, that they believe he's going to be okay. Yeah, they didn't take a running back even in like the sixth or seventh round. You would have thought they would have taken somebody. I think P. Ryan, P. Ryan's pretty easy to cuff to him too. I don't think a lot of people like P. Ryan, but I don't think anybody's overdrafting him. So you should be able to get P. Ryan and Javante pretty Man. easily. And quite honestly, I haven't really put much thought into it, Dan, until right now in terms of best ball. Um, and he got taken, I think, too early in my best balls that I did. But uh, I might be targeting Javante and P. Ryan together now that I know what I'm looking at. Whereas before, it was like you were targeting Javante and who could have been a rookie in you know earlier best balls. We we didn't know what to make of that. But now, I don't know, in best ball, P. Ryan and Javante could be a pretty good combo for your running back two, three, if you're you know building heavy at wide receiver early on. Um, and guys, yeah. remember, we're doing best ball... Um, Best ball uh, is the draft. Someone's saying the dra- is is the stream choppy. Is the stream okay, everybody? No. Yeah, it looks good to me. Okay. Um, underdog fantasy promo code Smitty. Get ready for the drafts. I'll pin the link in the live chat. We're going to be doing underdog fantasy drafts. Promo code Smitty. Um, that link is pinned and ready to rumble. They'll match up to $100 in your first deposit. And if you want to draft with us, we'll draft it like midnight. I don't know if we'll do one tomorrow. Probably not, but definitely Tuesday, uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday this week. So make sure you guys are ready to, to go on those. Javante is going in the 8th and underdog. And P. Ryan's going in the 10th. So you could get those two guys, um, cuff them together, fairly cheap. Yeah, I mean, if you waited on your RB, when did you say Javante was going? Where? Javante was going around the eighth, okay. eighth round, and was going around the tenth round. Okay. So I feel like that is a really good running back too. I want to try that in best ball. I want to try getting Javante in round eight, Pete Ryan in round 10. 
you know, yeah, maybe Ryan goes down where um, Williams is going, you know, from New Orleans, Jamal Williams, he Ryan, they're all in that same little area. Um, Kamara, I think going around before round nine, I think where's Kamara's going. So that's the area. You know so, what? So actually that kind of goes off of the question I was just about to ask, which I think is pretty good for best ball dynasty redrafts and everything. So, Smitty, how do you feel about uh, Con- Kendra Miller and Devin Achain? And also, just to throw in a third running back that I think has really big sleeper value right now, how do you feel about Khalil Herbert? Because they barely – they didn't draft any running backs, the Chicago Bears. Yeah. And they just improved the O-line drastically. So I think Herbert remains what he was in previous years for us, moon man material, um, breakout material. We loved him. He, he was on our moon man list for a reason. This dude is, is win a league potential. So I love I love Khalil Herbert later, but not as a starter because he's not a starter right now. They don't view him as a starter, unfortunately. But maybe that changes in a couple weeks, you know, and they start talking about him. Uh, as far as A-Chain, uh, very good stash. I love A-Chain. I, I mentioned that in my rookie video tonight that we played before this, uh, just the whole first 20 minutes of the show. A-Chain and, and, Chris, and uh, Chris Brown. A-Chain and Brown um, are, are very, very, Chase Brown are very, very good like steel um, stash type players. I don't think you can expect either one of them to do anything in week one because you don't know if they're going to be in the in the lineup in time, but they easily could be. I think uh, Mixon's not getting cut. The latest word today was that the Bengals were, were asked, hey, is Mixon going to be on the team? And they said he is going to be with us this year. So it looks like Mixon won't be released. However, he does have those charges that got refiled against him. And who knows what that turns into. So I like mm. both those guys a lot. Um, and then the other question was what? The Kendra Miller? Yeah. love. Ken- I mean, we talked Kendra Miller up, I think, before most like channels even like mentioned him. We, we've been on. Kendra's been like him and Sean Tucker have been like the, the secret weapon running back four. You know, if you were to rank all the rookie running backs, Kendra Miller has a lot of upside. I think I love the idea of Kamara and Kendra Miller and best ball cuffed together. That's a that's similar to Javante and Pirine. Might even be better. That might even be better than Javante and Pirine. Because I'm already drafting. Sorry, you go. Am I, I imagine you're going to say, are you not worried about the suspension? Well, then Kendra Miller gets in there. So that's why I, I love the combination. But I, I love no. Kamara's value. I was going to say, aren't you worried about um, Javonta or uh, Jamal Williams in New Orleans? Because they just signed him, and he had a really good year last year. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think uh, – I don't know that he – He was both goalie O-line, though. Yeah, I don't I don't know what to make of him, to be honest. I don't know, I don't know what to make – I don't know that I believe in him. I think Detroit is just that good at running the football. And I don't know if – I don't know if he's going to become the starter – if let's say Kamara does get suspended or if Kendra Miller will take it, I guess you, you'd have to look at maybe, I don't think in best ball, you'd want to draft all three. I don't know where Jamal's value is though. Jamal's value, Jamal, his value could have tanked so badly and we don't know it yet. Cause we're waiting for the ADP to get fully updated, but maybe you can grab all three of them, you know, <laughs> like at, in a best ball scenario. I don't know. I, I think in, another thing that I think is pretty, uh, Another running back to talk about too is I think that J.K. Dobbins might finish top five this year. Honestly, mm. 
Is it possible? I suppose, but I did like him before he got injured, and um, I just don't know how I feel about that situation. But as I said, I, I think Kendra Miller's, I like him a lot. I think he's really, really, really good. I still love Kamara's value in best ball, and and I, I probably would, I probably would draft Kendra Miller and Kamara, and not worry too much about Jamal. But I could live, I could live to regret that statement, but I just don't think he's. Yeah. I don't think he's going to do what people think he's going to do. He was handed so many goal line touchdowns, and he played very well. But it was it was Detroit that did that, and that's why I love Gibbs so much. And I think that's why everybody here loves Gibbs so much, is that he's going into... I know everyone that hates Gibbs or doubts Gibbs or hates the Detroit landing spot is thinking he's taking Swift's spot. He's not taking Swift's spot. He's taking the spot that Swift should have had that they never gave him. And that's going to impede on the running production of the other counterpart, which is why I don't think Monty just walks into a 17-touchdown environment. He walks into a probably 8, 9, 10, probably 8 or 9 touchdowns on the ground. And that's a good amount. But I think you shift so much over to Gibbs that that role becomes a lot lesser than Gibbs. Gibbs is the guy. I, I think that um, I think that the role that Gibbs is immediately going to get, which is amazing, he's definitely going to be the between the numbers third down running back. I think they're going to ease him into. He's definitely going to get goal line touches, but Monty is definitely going to be like that Jamal Williams role. But I definitely they didn't draft Gibbs at twelve to like not use him. So I do love Gibbs. Um, I don't think people should be scared about him this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if he has like a slow rookie start and then absolutely just wins you the league, like like the later games. Yeah, I like Gibbs a lot. Yeah, uh, Camaro hey, on uh, Chase Brown. On Chase Brown, in underdog, if you're going to draft underdog, you can get him anywhere. From, uh, right now, he's going 16th, 17th, or 18th round, but wow, people sweet. are catching on. So go yeah. in there and get him now. And that value before I'm sure his ADP is going to start rising, and he's so you can get him in 16, 17, 18 right now. Yeah. Um, so that's just some messed uh, up on, Ch- on Chase. Will Camara be suspended six, nine, or twelve games this upcoming season? Probably four to six games, if I had to guess, um, or three. To, I'd say even three to six games because the odds are very high. And he it sounds like he wants to fight the 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 charges, but at some point he could plea out. And if he pleads out to the conspiracy charge, which we've talked about on the show a ton, and there's there's the actual battery um, charge, and then there's the conspiracy to commit the battery charge. And the conspiracy, if he pleads out guilty on that, is a misdemeanor, criminal misdemeanor. And to the letter of the law, the, the NFL acts about a, a three, two to four, two to six game suspension on that particular charge. So, will the NFL look at the the damning evidence of the video, or will they stick to the letter of the law, essentially? And so, I know people want to say the NFL has got to do something, but they have yet to do a single thing. And they could, they could put them on paid leave as a as a as a, a message that, hey, maybe we do wait until the criminal stuff plays out before we, you know, hand down discipline per se, but we'll put you on paid leave until you figure it out because it's bad optics for the league. They haven't done a thing. They don't care. And nobody else cares either. Nobody. 
I'm so shocked that we're the only channel that's live streamed both leaked videos when it, when they happened. I'm, I don't even know that anybody live stream after that, you know, the morning. Like, we're the only one that goes live in the, at midnight during breaking news. Um, but but even the day bef- the day after, nobody went live on it to talk about it. It's crazy. It's I, I don't even understand it because people love gossip and spreading around all kinds of crazy news and and whenever stuff breaks to tear down players all the time and i'm not saying we wanted to tear down camara camara tore down himself you know this is not somebody that i think deserves any defending because he went out and beat a man to the ground um do i think everybody should go through the process innocent till proven guilty in terms of the the legal process handing down the discipline from the legal perspective yeah like society, we need that. But from the NFL's perspective, private business, name one person on this call besides besides me, <laughs> they could go do something like that and not get fired the next day if they did it on the company time, so to speak. Like if 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 uh, if Avi went on a business trip, I forget what Avi does. I think he's just in school. But if you went, if you got a new job, Avi, fresh new job in sales for. For some company and you're out selling vacuums okay and you go to this convention in vegas and you're done with the convention but you're still there on their time you know you're still there in the hotel wandering around gambling at night and you get into a situation that is exactly the same as alvin camara's and you do what alvin camara did your boss would fire you in a heartbeat in a heartbeat because you were there representing him camara was at the the pro bowl right the pro bowl was in vegas when that happened and so yep. he, he was there representing the NFL. <laughs> like, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's absolute, absolute you madness. Know what? He was already proven guilty by the video evidence. So he's not really innocent because the video evidence already shows that he's guilty of it. Both videos, yeah, he, the actual event and his comments he made in the limo. That already proves that he's guilty. He's not innocent of anything. Well, the NFL does not care. Uh, clearly, they don't. They they don't Look, they I care mean, more about they're, they're, Calvin they're Ridley. Probably going to suspend him for at least six games minimum because I mean why else would the Saints go and sign Williams and draft Miller? I mean they they know something's coming. Yeah, I think four, really I think four to six. Really I think yeah. four four to six games though. I I I mean it could be longer. It depends on how much people and put I, up a stink. It, it really does. It all depends on the NFL doesn't care unless other people care. Like look and look at the Calvin Ridley situation. Calvin Ridley not saying he didn't deserve to be suspended. I'm not saying that. But then you look at, you know, you look at these other situations. Jamison Williams, I'm not saying Jamison Williams. The more that came out on that, the more it was pretty evident that he was that it was pretty hard to imagine him not being told or given the explicit instructions to make sure you do not do any of this on the premises. But it's still odd that the punishment for what he did do wrong, he did do wrong. He was told not to to, to gamble on the premises, but he wasn't gambling on football. He, he wasn't. He was gambling, let's say, on basketball, whatever it was, but he did it on the premises, and they have GPS tracking on that, and you do surrender your rights to that, and when you sign up, there's a like a, 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 a like a list that the teams are, you know, the, the, the apps are going to report to the teams if they find a player that is playing on the app. Like it's just, it's the way that the terms and conditions are. And so Jamison knew what was at play. He knew it was at play and he did it anyway. But the fact that they have a preset six game suspension for that, 
but you can go do what Alvin Kamara did. That's where it's like the NFL doesn't make sense. Yeah. It just does. six games is crazy for doing that. It's you know fine. It should have been a big fine. I would understand that. That would make a whole lot of sense. Hey, hey, you're gonna be suspended for one game because we told you so, and you didn't listen to us, so we're gonna make it sting a little bit. One game, two games, whatever, and a big fine. Instead, six games. Like it, it's just crazy. I could. I could What's even crazy is our legal system that lets somebody plead to conspiracy when there's video evidence of he actually did it. There's no conspiracy in it. But yeah. if they let him down to conspiracy, that that that's that, that's just wrong. Our, our legal system's totally hosed up, um, especially with that amount of evidence. He shouldn't be able Tomorrow. to plead conspiracy. He's gonna settle. He's gonna settle out of court with the with the dude that he assaulted, and the NFL is gonna definitely find him. And he's he probably can only gonna get settle though. He can only settle in a, in, in a civil case. Yeah, he there's no settle. There's no settlement. In a, we go over this all the time when people say he's gonna settle. He's not. He can't settle. You can only plea out, but you can't even really plea out to the defendant's request. It's because it has to be. This is a. This is going to trial. This is a jury trial. This is a um, a DA bringing forth charges from a criminal perspective. You can't you can't settle. Everyone thinks that you can settle. You can't. The, the, a, a pli- I totally thought this was a civil case. No, the civil the civil case is next. So he'll be going hey, who, through. Who is the uh, who was the running back? Was it Mixon that that hit the girl at the restaurant? Yeah, Mixon Mixon is the one that's been in all the you know was in trouble in college. He kind of avoided. You know, he's kind of stayed out of trouble pretty much his whole career until recently. He's had the two run-ins with the law, but one of them, he reportedly wasn't at his house when a, a, a kid was shot, like, in the front yard or something. And he wasn't there, reportedly. Um, so, you know, that that isn't on him. But he did go, uh, brandish a weapon in a road rage incident where the charges got dropped, but then they were said they could be picked back up. And everybody's out defending him, like, oh, I got dropped. Oh, like people are so in defense mode about some of the stuff. It's it's weird how people want to defend every player, uh, so 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 aggressively. But then the charges were refiled, so we are still waiting how that's going to play out. But that'll probably get pushed through the entire season, like Camaras did. I mean, why not? Yo. I just want to. It's Avi here. I'm gonna get out of here. All right. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go too. So let me. Let me get you all off the line here. Avi, final thoughts, bro. Uh, I like how you brought up those rookie rankings. I think three through like ten. You said any of those could be flip flops either way. In the top two are clear Gibbs and yeah. uh, Bijan. Yeah, it's a tear break, bro. It's a t- like my if yeah, my whole takeaway tonight. If anybody's going to take anything away from tonight's rankings, even if you completely disagree with how far down I've got Quentin Johnston, why I've got Charbonnet so high still, the one takeaway here is this tear break is thick, bro. This is a brick wall. Yep. This is a huge <laughs> tier between these guys, and and Zay could go down to Young's rank. Johnson could go up to yep. one or uh, to the three overall spot. JSN could go to the three overall. JSN could fall. Mingo could be the number three overall. Like, there's no... Hyatt could be in the top five overall, you know, in hindsight. Yeah. It's 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 crazy to argue it in a way that you don't... You aren't leaving any room for someone else's argument, you know, when people come 
in and say, how can you not have my player that I've already drafted in Dynasty higher than that? I've got Quentin Johnson in five leagues. You should be ashamed of yourself, Smitty. I just don't feel the vibe right now. I just don't. I, it doesn't mean it can't yeah. develop. I'm open-minded to it. I'm not calling him a bust. If he was a bust, he wouldn't be in my top eight. But I don't feel um, that he's ready yet. Yep, I agree. I don't feel too strong in this rookie class besides the top two. It's not like they can't be good, but I would honestly stay away outside the top two. Maybe Zay, but that's it. All right, bro. Appreciate yeah. you. Yeah, have a good night. Later. Uh, Ron, final thoughts? Or actually, let's go over to... Uh, Six two three. Final thoughts. Uh, I think something that we didn't talk about. I'll just make a point real quick. Uh, I think that Traylon Burks, Jahan Dawson, the second year players are probably going to break out this year. There was like no those teams in Tennessee and Washington did not draft a wide receiver. So like those guys are probably going to be a steal in draft. Also, someone like Juju in New England. I think that he benefited pretty hard from the draft. Um, I think that those are some late wide receivers to watch just from next year and uh, going forward. I like so. Dotson, but I'll be honest, and this is what's crazy about fantasy football is I don't like any of those other guys. I don't like Burks at all. Uh, I like I don't like Juju one single bit. I love Dotson though. I think Dotson's a good wide receiver, but I you, don't. You real real quick? Do you like do you like any of these rookie wide receivers in this draft better than Traylon Burks? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Which, which yes. One. Uh. All of them. <laughs> I'm just okay. Bur- Bur- Burks disappointed me so much. I would say if you gave me Burks and shoved him into this pool, and you said Smitty, where would you have ranked him? I wouldn't have put him above Hyatt, who is in the 10-11 spot. Kincaid in the 10-11 spot. Uh, I want Joshua Downs before I want Burks. I think Joshua Downs is he's very good. He was once considered easily in the mix of the top five wide receivers and I don't know why people don't love his landing spot more. He's in a great spot in Indy. That's a really I can't believe that played. I can't believe he slid like in the draft. That was like shocking to me. Yeah. And, and I don't <laughs> like I don't like Levis at all, bro. I, I really don't. I think he's a cocky, yeah. arrogant guy who puts mayonnaise in his coffee and he just reeks of bust. <laughs> he just reeks of bust. I just yeah, I can't see it. Oh you know what the you know, you know. Do you ever watch the the movie um, Draft Day, which is a phenomenal yeah. movie? Even though it's really kind of like, it's really cheesy in a lot of ways. Like I remember when I first saw Draft Day, and they're like, they're trying to find out what who's the top guy, the top pick. What was his name? Cole. Cole. Uh, no, Bo Callahan. Bo Callahan. Yeah, Bo Bo. Ca- what what a great what a great name. Bo, Bo Callahan. I admit, when I first saw Draft Day, I thought how stupid it was when they're like, did anybody go to his birthday party? <laughs> and it's like they're trying to find like some dirt on him. And they're like, nobody from the team went to his birthday party. And they're like, oh, my God, we're not drafting Bo Callahan now. I remember like I almost even as much as I love the movie now, I almost wanted to walk out at that moment. I'm like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. But what's crazy about that, as I've gotten older and gotten to know the NFL and the, the way GMs think, in Levis, a lot of that same Bo Callahan feel is what I kind of felt felt like the GMs felt about this guy, Levis. Like there was a lot of talk about he come with his, his short sleeve shirts to show off his guns and how these these NFL 
GMs and scouts are like, we don't ever want a guy with big old muscles being our quarterback. That's not the traditional way. Like there was this all kinds of these like Bo Callahan stories that I heard that, that, that triggered this movie. And I'm like, you know what? It wasn't that crazy the way that they broke that down because GMs do think like that. What? I also think hey, golf became a, a member, exclusive member, just so you know, and he's saying goodnight. Attaboy, Golf. Appreciate you becoming a YouTube exclusive member, my guy. Uh, let me hit that moonshot for you. Thank you. Let me see if I have any other super chats at all. Okay, who was talking aside from Ron that wanted to say something real quick? So, sorry. I was, I was just saying, I think that uh, I think that Tennessee also just has like a really bad track record of uh, drafting quarterbacks. Like it kind of branches from like the New England tree of like recent memory. I feel like they just draft a bunch of like mid quarterbacks like Garoppolo and like Stidham, like Levis, Malik Willis. Like they just not are not very good at evaluating quarterbacks. So yeah, I agree it does hurt Burks. Yeah. Somewhat. But I do think that he has no targets. So I do think the at his ADP I think Burks could be a potential like flyer to take. Like just for PPR receptions, you might get you ten points every week. Yeah, but you asked me where would I put, or I guess I kind of insinuated, where would I put him in here? I'd rather have Downs. I'd rather have Hyatt. I'd rather have uh, Chase Brown. I'd rather have uh, I'd rather have A Chain. I'd rather have you know um, Anthony Richardson. Like I said, Hyatt Kincaid, and so that's right here. Of course, I'd rather have these guys over him, but that puts him where. That puts him like outside the top 14, 15 overall if you threw him to this rookie class. And not a lot of people like him, but I just, I don't know. I, I think in best ball, if you scoop up Hyatt, you scoop up uh, Joshua Downs, you scoop up uh, Tank Dell right here, you scoop up all these guys, and you know, you have a, you have a couple, you're going to land one of those. You know, that's a great wide receiver four combination, you know, to have on your, on your best ball for your wide receiver four, five, six. And I've been finding Josh Downs, Hyatt, and Tank Dell all down in my in that territory. Garrett dropping a super chat. Garrett says, have a good night, Smitty, Judy, and Mike Williams to the moon. <laughs> I love Garrett. Oh, man. Couldn't disagree more with, with that comment. But what's, 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 uh, what's normal about that's par for the course? <laughs> Mike Williams and Judy. Probably, probably haven't drafted either one of those. I don't think I've drafted either one of those guys once in all the off-season best ball drafts we've done on Underdog. I don't think I own one share. <laughs> Garrett. Oh, I love Garrett. All right, boys. Um, nine two five caller. Did you do you have anything else? Was that is that uh, George? Yeah, uh, the couple of things I wanted to get to. But uh, I guess Steven's been hogging the airways, so I'm just going to uh, spit out this real quick. I think, um, you know, the chat kind of agreeing with me what I've been saying since the beginning of the show. Uh, Laporta is going to be a steal in Detroit. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't really have a secure tight end lock, so drafting him. And he comes from Iowa, which is basically tight end you. You know, George Kittle, you got Hawkinson came out of there. And he's going to a really good offense. I think Laporte is going to be a steal for tight ends, for the rookies at least. Uh, he'll probably finish, you know, top eight as a tight end overall. Um, so I think he deserves to be on your list here with your, your top 12 rankings. I can understand um, that. 
And then the the other thing I wanted to address was I think you got Richardson too high because there was there was a report um, I guess McCa- uh, the the McAfee show or whatever uh, they they interviewed Ballard the GM from the Colts and they're saying that he's gonna sit for a while. So this is my conspiracy theory. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm thinking they're gonna tank this season and they're gonna get Marvin Harrison Jr. next year. They they could, but I think. Um... You know, you got a lot of draft capital there that you're going to damage and injure like JT. You can't you, – you, you don't support him. He's going to get hurt, and then what do you really have? So I I think I think maybe they hope they get the one pick, but I think no matter what, Richardson's going to go in because of need. They're going to – Yeah, but I think, I think Caleb Williams is going to go number one overall, you know, because quarterbacks always go high. Yeah, true. You know, so Caleb, true. Caleb Williams will go – so if they get like a three, four, or a five pick – you know, win five or six games, four games, something like that. You know, I mean, if Gardner Minshew is going to be Gardner Minshew is going to be the quarterback for six or seven games, I mean, yeah. how many games do you think they're going to win? Two. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think you're right. Okay, so I hear what you're saying now that they're going to start him off to get about. Okay, I thought you meant Minshew was going to play the whole season. I'm like Minshew can't play a whole season, so eventually no, Richardson's going gonna... to. I think Richardson probably plays a little bit less than half of a season, like you know, because they're going to want to end the season strong with him getting some momentum going into next year. So he'll probably play eight games. You know, I don't know. I I think they I think they want to win there very badly. I I I do I I personally believe that, but I, your theory is interesting for sure. And could it work? Could it could it could it work out that way? Maybe. But I have a feeling. My prediction is he starts week one. I I still think that I would have Stroud around that nine ten spot. I'd move Young I can get up that. a little bit on your list. Um, I get I that. Think, I think the Texans are going to be a team that's going to be you know pretty sneaky. They'll probably win seven games, eight games, something like that. They'll, they're definitely going to have a, a better defense than last year with you know Anderson. So they could they could win seven games, and if Stroud just is is a game manager, you know, like he could win some games. So I think Stroud's going to be somewhere in that ten eleven spot. Uh, Young's probably going to be the highest, like maybe five or six. Um, and uh, I love Zay, love Gibbs, love Bijan, uh, love Mingo. And when you look at this year's draft, like I was so down on this year's draft for fantasy value because like I wanted these guys to go to better spots. And you look at last year's wide receiver class, like they all went to spots where those wide receivers came into a team where they're the number ones. Yep. You know, Alave, you got London. You know, so like I'm kind of leaning like, okay, I'm going to probably fade a few of these guys because, like I said, JSN, I'm not too sure about him. Zay, I'm not too sure about that offense. You know, but Mingo, he's my number one wide receiver straight up because he's coming into a spot with Young where, you know, the the draft capital, second-round pick, he's going to get targets. He's going to score. I mean, he's got no competition. Who they got? They got Thielen and Shark. That's nobody. I can't disagree with you in liking Mingo uh, way more than – than most, uh, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see about the Anthony Richardson thing. I don't think they, I think he starts week one, but that, that's me. Um, but I can understand you wanted Stroud ahead of him. Like, look, Stroud's got a lot of upside. Uh, this whole ranking list, like, I, if I did it tomorrow, it would be different by at least, at least a couple players. You know, that's just the nature of, of evolving rankings where you're using a lot of gut mixed with, you know, 
a lot of other things. It's not just gut, but I'm just saying I, I don't go off of a spreadsheet I made one time like some people. And you're like, well, who's your number four wide receiver? And literally on some show, some guy will just be looking at his spreadsheet like, number seven was <laughs> like, I, I'll literally spit it out. It's going to be different every time, but everybody knows that about me. And so they're okay with it. Could Quentin Johnson rank ahead of Addison tomorrow for me? Absolutely. Could could Quentin Johnson, if anybody's going to climb on this list of at least this top row, it's Johnson going ahead of Addison. That's how much I'm not into this Jordan Addison landing spot like everybody else, but I get why other people like it. I can understand it. If you told me to give a five-paragraph essay and a presentation on why other people like Jordan Addison, I could do it in a heartbeat, and I could, I could convincingly uh, deploy that presentation like clockwork. Like, I understand what people are saying. Um, but I'd just rather have Mingo. And I think that will become popular soon. I think now it's very crazy. I think a lot of people think yeah. it's insane right now, but I think it's going to become really trendy soon. Yeah. All right, well, last thing I'll say, and then I'll get off the phone, is I'm super high on who Arizona took, Michael Wilson. He's a stud. I watched him at Stanford right here in the Bay Area. You guys got a steal in the draft. Yeah, I, I don't. I should, You know, he's another guy that should be on here in the conversation. I think Laporta should be. I think uh, Wilson should be here. Um, who was the running back that I said? Yeah, he should be on here too. Who was that? Um, I forget. But there's a lot of play, a lot of players. I had to like stop putting you know pictures on the screen. I'm like, okay, the I got it. From New Orleans, the one that went to New Orleans. He, he's one of them, but not the one oh, where I, not the one I was thinking that I mentioned earlier. All right, but... good night, guys. I'll all right, later, man. Talk to you later. All right, later. Uh, all right, guys. I'm gonna hang up here. Ron, any final thoughts? Well, yeah, yeah. I wanted to give my thoughts on the on the rookie. All right. Every year, we already know. I mean, going into this whole thing, I mean, we rank them how we like them and all this, but there's always one that we don't see, and they come out of nowhere. And and then next year, we're going to be talking about that guy. And that guy could be Tyler Scott going to Chicago. He has all that ability there with Fields as his quarterback. He has a good shot of being like that type of guy. Yeah, I, I think he could. I mean, that's definitely a situation where there's not a lot of obstacles to get there. So if he, he is the guy you think he is, and you've liked him for a while, that's a good spot. Yeah. I think Tank Dell's got a great spot to climb from. That's kind of my deep, deep, deep pick. Uh, yours has been Tyler Scott. He's in a good spot. Um, Yeah, why not? I mean, he's probably going. I imagine he's going in like the third round in the rookie draft. I mean, you could have... And it doesn't have to. Be. It could be Hutchinson. It could be. It could be P. Washington from Penn State. It could be any of these receivers that just break out of from nowhere. And and then some of the guys that we're talking about now could end up being duds. I mean, it always happens every year. We can't, I mean, you can't be right on everything. And yep. I, and I agree with uh, um, um, George. I mean, I think I think Stroud I, I, in my rankings, I got Stroud in there, and I kind of like where you got Charbonnet, and I understand exactly why you got Charbonnet there. But for for me right now, he's not even in my top ten because he he's not a champion. He's a handcuff, right? so he gets his chance. So um, I mean, I was huge on Charbonnet. I was planning on even drafting him, hopefully in the dynasties, but now not really because. Um, Walker's there, and Walker's not gonna 
I mean, as long as Walker stays healthy, Charbonnet has no chance. Well, again, so I, again, make sure you guys are drafting him smartly. This is my like, you know, end well, of the yeah, day. You know what I mean? So like, I I wouldn't draft him here if I don't I didn't need to. No, I'm not saying draft him at five. I don't. Yeah. I, no, your ranking is how you draft them. Your ranking is how you view their talent. Yeah. And and yeah, Charbonnet is definitely a high talented guy. But if I'm if I'm if I'm drafting. And I'm going to draft a lot of these guys before I draft Charbonnet simply because of, like, Mingo. Mingo I'm going to draft before Charbonnet. Addison I'm going to draft before Charbonnet. You know, Young, um, you know, he, his ADP right now, but when his ADP climbs, I'll probably, you know, yeah, I'll draft him before Charbonnet. You know, Zay, I draft him before Charbonnet uh, right now just because of their um, ability to do more and get more they have more value right now than Charbonnet. So, but I understand. I understand how you ranked him. You ranked him on talent, and and yeah, he deserves to be right there talent-wise. But um, as far as how I'm drafting him, it's completely different. Yes, sir. Anything else, that's Ron? All... all right, bro. No, I uh, think that's the bit. Remember, right. mine like a steel. You're what? Mine like a steel trap. See, I remember Dolph asking that question the other day, and I, I saw him, and it sparked. I said I remembered that. So, yep. it's cool that you you uh, put that up there because he became a member right away. Yep. So. Appreciate it, Ron. Thank you. Uh, later, L- later, pal. I think later. we got a nine four nine caller still on the line. There. Do you have one more thing you want to say? Who's this? Yo, I, I'm so faded. I completely had something to say. I completely just zoned out. But, uh, no problem. I was going to ask you about, about Danny Dimes. You know, I was going to draft him. I wanted to draft him in my dynasty league, but he just got taken. So, I'm a little bummed on that. And I don't have a, a QB yet. But I don't know, dude. I'm kind of fucked. Well, go to sleep, bro. All right, all later, right, pal. All right. Good night. All right. <laughs> Can't help with that, but uh, I will see you all tomorrow. Thank you. Thank all 120 of you who are still in here. Punch that thumb up button. Can we get that 78 to at least go over 100? Um, appreciate 121 of you in here right now. Watch the show if you missed it. 200, two hours and 15 minutes of goodness. The first 20 minutes is my mock draft in, in 2023 rookie-only rankings update post-NFL draft. It's a mock draft and ranking show, essentially. It's about 20-plus minutes at the beginning of this show, so please go back and watch it. Punch that thumb-up button on the way out the door. And on that note, I'm going to leave you with the Mingo was his name-o. Let's go. M-I-N-G-O, and Mingo was his name-o. Thank you all for the super chats. Whoever super chatted tonight, let me pull those up and give you guys recognition for all of your amazing uh, generosity. Garrett dropping it. Harry Crumbs in the building dropping it. Uh, uh, Fancy dropping it. Appreciate that. Uh, Aloha dropping it. Thank you. Ron Navy. Romez. Appreciate you, Romez. Love seeing you in here, pal. Ron Navy again. Austin dropping a super chat. Austin in the house. Appreciate Austin. Thanks everybody who became a YouTube exclusive member. Ada, thank you f- for becoming a member. Um, I want to say Sam or somebody else became a member as well. 
So appreciate that. I'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks, George. Ada, have a good one. Travis, I, uh, see you later. Peanut butter and waivers. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you being here. But I'll do it. No, don't take them at five, um, drunk Squidward. I was telling you that's where I rank them, like in terms of like hindsight, you know, what, what they'll produce. But you'll want to get them later because you can, Broski. Please don't draft these guys any higher than you have to. Use my rankings as a, a guide and then use ADP to navigate. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like there's the, the treasure, the rankings of the treasure, but you still need the ADP roadmap, you know, to get there. Peace out. People are getting burrowed left and right, and people are going to remember it. Get burrowed. Punch that thumb up button, please. 86. We need it. We need a hundred. Punch it. Later. <laughs>